Hello, everyone. Welcome to the debut episode of The Lux Files. I'm your host, Sean, and with me is one of my most favorite people in the entire world, a musician, magician, author, Frater RC. How you doing? Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm hey. good. And like I said, it's good to see you again. And Absolutely. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, we didn't get to talk long enough last time. <laughs> So, okay, so we went for five and a half hours last time. So I guess, what are we going to do this time? Eight hours, nine hours? Yeah. Ten, um, Obviously, obviously. An all-nighter. Could you imagine? Yeah. Well, I got the wine, so I'm good. I'm good till three, four in the morning. Although at that, point, at that point, I won't remember half of the interview, which is fine. No, don't. Probably yeah, for- that's, that's. That's fine. I try not to remember any of the interviews I conduct um, as a matter you ever of practice. To them? Oh God, no, 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 I don't. I know I. I don't know why people are surprised to hear that, but partly it's like you're so busy doing, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's also once you've had the conversation. I mean, there's some things worth going back and checking. Like if I had a little gnome in the corner they'd be cutting out the interesting clips and making a clips channel or something because my guests say often very brilliant things that i would love to snip it out but to listen through again for that time i guess especially given the size of of the audience i mean people who are really into this stuff are going to listen to they actually listen to the whole two three hour interview anyway and some of them listen to it twice yeah Uh, a lot of them always some of them always listen to it twice which is crazy but it makes sense because there's so much good information coming out in the there, process of it. You're, um, so like I said, you're the host of Magic Without Fears podcast, which is my favorite podcast. And you <clears throat> have some really good um, people on there. And they're definitely, it's like, it's like uh, listening to a really good book where you definitely want to, like I've listened to your episodes more than once just because there's, so much good information in there I have no intention of listening to any of mine um like I'm not I'm not going to edit them because that means I'm going to have to listen to my voice uh which Mm. is good yeah that's that's how I feel so you're getting it raw and uncut and I mean everyone likes it raw and uncut anyway so there you go so I know once once I hit stop recording it gets uploaded I'm I'm never listening to it again ever I don't I don't want to hear my voice on the phone, on video. Maybe when you're old and gray in your rocking chair, you'll you'll uh, you'll find them again. Maybe I'll have dementia and I'll listen to the podcast not realizing it's me and I'll be like, oh my God, that guy is so brilliant and he's so funny. What a charming young man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, which is uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I'm doing this when I'm like, do I really need to subject people to my voice? And why I decided to do this after going three months without a haircut? Well, no one's had a haircut, right? Recently, unless you're a, unless you're a Pelosi. Yeah, unless you live in the States. Uh, all, all, all our hair salons are actually open. Are, aren't yours in Ontario? Because I'm in BC. Nothing. In we're in a, we're Nothing's in a complete, open. complete lockdown. <clears throat> there was even um, the possibility that they were going to ban uh, curbside pickup. We're right. in a starving, way. starving we're, the population. We're in a bad way here. With uh, whereas, oh, it's a, 
yeah no 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 we're we're in a really 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 in ontario we're in a bad bad situation so no everything's shut like you can go to the grocery store you can Jeez. go to the drugstore and um that's it which i'm fine with i'm fine with lockdowns the problem is is that you do a little lockdown and then like uh when the um the the science panel was like oh the third wave is coming this was this was uh to the end of our last lockdown the third wave's coming if we don't do x y and z it's going to come and it's going to come big time so then our premier doug ford is like let's open up in 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 store dining or inside dining and now we have just an explosion of cases the malls were packed you know in toronto and whatnot um restaurants were open and the third wave came and now everything's shut down again so you know um no uh i haven't had a haircut since i think it was uh the end of january i think it was something like that yeah yeah, yeah you and you and quebec definitely became the uh uh the uh you know well cool. scapegoats the scapegoats to dem demonstrate uh what could happen to the rest of us if we don't behave yeah yeah quebec was really bad there during the second wave and we were it, we, i mean we were still bad but nothing compared to this so we were looking at quebec like what were they thinking and lo and behold here we are you know yeah. so now you said now you said you it sounds like you can handle it, but that doesn't mean just because you can handle it well doesn't mean you think it's good. I think the lockdowns are are good. You know, if if you have this pandemic raging through the population, definitely lock things down. But what happens is they do these lockdowns for a couple of weeks, and and like I said, like the 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 um, COVID uh, advisory panel was like, okay, if you do X, Y, and Z the third wave is going to come and it's going to be huge. So what Doug Ford did was he's like, I'm just going to open up indoor dining. I'm going to open up shopping malls. So now, you know, it's out of control and we have to lock down again, you know, yeah. lock things down. Do take it right. seriously. And things can reopen, not indoor dining, but you know, hair salon, sure. Um, yeah, we still have those open, but they shut down our indoor dining recently, a couple of weeks ago. And, yeah. and all of a sudden, of course, the restaurants just opened up patios that were packed chock-a-block. Yeah. And, uh, and then this past weekend, we had like the first real summer Sundays, like 22 degrees. Mm -hmm. um, I, don't know, I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit for you Americans, but it's something. Um, 20 and uh, so Vancouver revolted and everyone just hit the beaches and everyone out I didn't I stayed in and worked and because especially because I knew that was going to happen and yeah uh, fortunately there was no police retaliation or anything but my buddy said that down just down the street two blocks at the beach like there was like so many people everyone was there and there was there were, he saw girls running around between like half a dozen guys all making out yeah as like uh as a protest well it's 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 crazy childish but yeah. i i want to of course how can you not think like well this is what happens 
when you're not honest with your population yeah. about whatever it is, or you're taking half measures or you're, you're being hypocrites and cheating. Of course, this is what's going to happen. Yeah, so, exactly. Exactly. I don't know what Canada's end game is, but it's, it's a different beast than the States. Yeah. It's still a beast. Um, yeah. Well, whatever. Let us pray. Yeah. It is. It is. I'm, I'm bored. Yeah. I'm bored. Oh, I know. I know. I'm just glad I'm so busy with my business right now that uh, I have no time to do anything anyways, even if we were, you know, we had things open. So if I'm going to be this busy, now's the time to do it because there's nothing yeah. else to do. So that's good. But no, I'm, 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 I'm bored and my sleeping habits are shit. And yeah, I've fluctuated throughout the uh, pandemic between day and like night cycles and early morning cycles, but I definitely do best in the, in the morning, daytime ones. Yeah. And night yeah. Ones, uh, but that's what happens when you can't go anywhere or do anything or do your regular work. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so enough about that. That's all depressing. That's a, that's a good way to start. I know. My, that's a good way to start my, uh, my podcast. Be like, the world is coming to an end. Well, we're, we're here to bring the light into the darkness. So we've stated the darkness of our time. We've, we've indicated that sim- symbolically. That's true. That's true. And now for the light. So we're going to talk about... These you. are the dark times. Yeah. yeah, let's talk about the light. Yeah, let's talk about the light. So um, as you know, like my kind of theme of this podcast is talking about... Uh, the people I interview um, from, you know, that, that, that sort of first, you know, moment that, that set my guests on their, their magical path and then all the way through their lives, basically. So um, we're talking about you. So I don't know where you want to begin, but I, you know, cause I am intensely curious about people just because I don't like people doesn't mean I'm not curious about people. So, so no, I was like that too. Like even in high school, like I was back from the crowd, all gothy, but I, yeah, still connected. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. fascinated. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, people are fascinating. People absolutely uh, fascinate me. And I'm always curious because I feel like like my path, I mean, everyone's path is unique in a way, but we all, you know, when you hear people in the magical community talk about what started them, you know, down their path and whatnot, there's always things that like um, um, common denominators that from person to person to person. So I just, you know, as, as much as I find that my path was unique, um, we're still, we still have such commonalities um, in our past that I'm just intensely curious about, especially that, that, that one moment that, that, that each guest kind of identifies as this was the moment that started me on this path, um, which for you would be what? Yeah. Well, I'm really excited to, to, uh, be your first guest. I love the, the name, the LVX files. I'm a fan. Well, it, okay, so I basically did a play on the X Files. Um, yeah, so, yeah. Um, so you know, the X Files, the Lux Files, kind of have that that same kind of sound. So people would be like, "Oh, I see what he did there." 
you know yeah and for for the for the uh, culture community that's sort of redundant isn't it um it 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 shows uh shows the very golden dawn um theme yeah but also one one that is common across to lima but also speaks to the broader occult community the lvx formulas become so common i mean even damien eccles goes on his thing and uh, tells people it's the most powerful way to bring down energy he knows of and he's he's uh worked with everything he could get his hands on right and yeah, he's looking yeah. for results he's looking yeah. for results like he was not in a situation where he could be like well i feel like it kind of might have worked yeah you know yeah, exactly. i don't think in solitary death row that the, the woo-woo holds much water yeah yeah um, exactly yeah so the sky was looking for what's effective and he considers the the you know the lvx which is take uh, main symbol in in the primary uh adept ritual in the room dawn is the analysis of the keyword which is an analysis of the grade sign of that mm -hmm. grade just like we use the sign of the enter and the sign of silence in all the outer order work yeah. across the board yeah that's like the sign that's like those two signs of the neophyte but for the adept it moves from two to three yeah 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 so yeah so um that 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 first moment that beginning moment for you um well i think i think the spiritual path that or spiritual transformation often um goes hand in hand with with trauma mm -hmm. but the trauma doesn't necessarily have to be a, a personal one it can just be sort of um you know, existential trauma, metaphysical trauma. And even though I was like growing up with the Maharishi transcendental meditation world that I was in with my parents and, and their friends and community, um, I didn't really have that kind of personal spiritual experience till I was 12, I think 13. And uh, it was seeing the forest fire. I was in, uh, I was on my summer vacation with my, with my mom and my sister in uh in the okanagan in penticton and that's where we went every summer um ever since my uncle ran the iron man when i was a kid we just kept going back to penticton every summer nice. for our holiday and it's a beautiful place yeah and we'd go look for the ogopogo on lake okanagan and and <laughs> I'd, I'd i'd read uh ann rice novels in the in the shade uh skaha lake and uh have a good had a good time and then that one year in 1994, I believe it was, this uh, record-breaking massive fire uh, sparked and destroyed everything. And we were obviously on evacuation notice, but I was standing outside the pizza hut where we had dinner and watching it just engulfed the whole ridge. And this thing, I think it was like, oh, it was crazy. I, I've written a, 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 you can you can check it out on Wikipedia, this this massive fire, but it was, it was crazy. And I saw just standing before the burning blazing inferno and this awesome power of like fi fire to consume and devastate and change uh, reality in front of me in such a way that could actually then like seep down and we were any second this whole penticton was waiting to evacuate but it didn't come to that um during that uh, that moment um i just i was moved out outside of myself i mean it, it was i wasn't in any fear especially as like sort of a pretty depressed 13 year old goth kid right that i wasn't like you know 
um, that worried, I would be like, this was probably more like, this could be exciting. <laughs> you know, yeah. I didn't have much relationship stuff, especially after the three years of what I had gone through, which was, I was coming through like year, like from age nine to 13 years of serious divorce stuff in my family and like okay. serious abuses and shit and serious trauma. Um, and so I was very detached from myself, but it's, it's sort of separated me from that staring at this awesome force of nature. And, and I felt um, what was really, really clear was this fire on my head. I felt this fire on my head, my whole body felt alive and I felt connected to all of reality. And just like in that moment, transfigured sort of into something that was just in line with this universal fire that I could feel not just as the fire in front of me and the fire that was like floating above my head. It felt like alive. And I, because I had not no contact with Christianity growing up. Right. Um, I knew nothing about Pentecost and the flames above the, you know, the apostles. I didn't know any of that stuff. Like we read the Tibetan book of the dead and the Bhagavad Gita were our family holy books that my mom would read to us from. Mm -hmm. um, that was it. So I had no knowledge of that stuff, which was really interesting to me. But that that moment definitely definitely changed me, and um, because because in in recognizing the nature of that reality of the fire outside of me and the fire within me and the, the defining fire that transfigures reality, this sort of very elemental form of spirit, mm -hmm. um, that recognition is what was transfiguring. I mean, it was it was traumatic in 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 a pure sort of spiritual sense. Like, like that moment, I talk about this in my main book, The Ethics of Understanding God, um, about the, the moment in the mass where the spirit enters the priest, who is Jesus, right, mm -hmm. is Christ, not, the, not themselves, because they're back when that happened through anamnesis, and the spirit goes through them and transfigures and transforms the blood and the bread and, and wine, right? Um, whether symbolically or physically, but that moment liturgically is called the epiclesis. And I, that term has been very useful to my academic writings about ethics and mysticism and how um, we can understand our relationship to reality um, and spirit, like nature and spirit, essentially, if you think of those as sort of pre-categorical terms for everything. Um, and, and yet, you know, the same thing at, at once. I mean, this is trying to take into account uh, where we where we've come to scientifically in our understanding which i think spirituality really should mm -hmm. but yeah that that was a trauma that that um was a different kind of trauma healing trauma that that pulled the the poorly arranged fragments of my broken childhood traumatized fucked up kid apart into a new context and opened it to a new context this Thing that I was experiencing this harmony and union with all things and and a connectedness with it in a visceral way like I felt mm -hmm. like I was an active member of it not a passive experiencer of this reality I was an active participant and that was because of the fires in me as well as outside of me and that allowed me that that broke me apart again that broke that traumatized and broke those parts. And this is what I would, you know, these kinds of events um, are often combined with the importance of a, of a really spiritual act or a defining act in how you put yourself together again, how you reconstruct your symbolic self and reality, which is what, you know, consensus we all live in. Yeah. Uh, we have to, we have to 
do that. If we depart from that, that's sort of the definition of mental illness, or at least it is in Lacanian psychoanalytics. Um, and yeah, we want to live in this shared symbolic reality so we can participate in the game of life. But if we're put together badly for our lembics, dirty or broken, then we need to make a new one or purify the old. And that's what really happened to me. And the next morning I woke up in the tent and I was like, there was this ringing thought in my head. And it was just that I had to be an, an occultist and uh, I didn't know what that meant. And my mom's boyfriend showed up and he was a, a witch who had told me that Wicca was real and all this witchcraft was real and, and sent me on a strange loop about a year earlier because I thought that's nonsense. This man's crazy. He's taken Dungeons and Dragons way too far, <laughs> um, way too far. Like I thought I took D and D too far. This guy was like nuts. Um, uh, he's also like high ranking Amherst with his, uh, anyway, um, I'm not supposed to speak too much about him publicly. He's still alive. Um, amazing dude. And uh, we met up with him and he took us to his friend's uh, Wiccan occult bookshop in Penticton. And my mom bought us, bought us lots of books. And I got Celtic Magic by DJ Conley, which sent me on this whole Druid magic path. And I was I like, have that book. Druid. So. Yeah, well, it was the first book I read cover to cover mm. um, the day I got it. Uh, and I just read it back on the drive home and and that was interesting and I went home set up my first altar and like I was like cool I'm a druid what's now like you know what how do what where do I proceed and and that was the beginning that was the beginning and I really Isn't that exciting though when you're like oh I when you declare I'm this now what like that's such an exciting moment um, yeah I didn't know what to do after that yeah but and you know and it, it doesn't sound great but it is great it's like now what and i get to explore and i get to search and i get to discover it's so exciting it really is yeah it felt that way mm -hmm. yeah yeah so i have a picture of my first altar I've, i found the pictures of all those altars actually they're right over there <laughs> yeah that's awesome so you were really really young yeah that's like that was the summer of after grade seven right summer after grade seven yeah because by grade eight i was practicing don craig's book modern magic i was, okay. I, was I i worked through that entire book in grade eight um and so then how do continue then i put it down and then i picked it up again sorry so how do you go from celtic magic by dj conway to uh modern magic it's a really good question sir um, like I read all the Druid stuff I could find and you gotta remember this. So a lot of people don't get this. Like I've mentioned before that, like, you know, I first read Ithil Colquhoun's on a three ring binder photocopy version. And, and I was talking to, uh, Hermit, Hermit's Corner. He was on the podcast, Frater P Hermit's Corner 770 on Instagram. He sells cool books. Mm -hmm. And he was like, wait, why, how would you have that? I was like, well, this was like in the nineties early, especially the early nineties, like you would be lucky to be able to find that people would photo, if they got a book that no one else had been able to find, they'd photocopy it and give copies to all their friends. Cause that was the only way to get that information. It's yeah. like, yeah, it's not legal, but like you literally won't read this book otherwise for the next 10 years. That was the nineties version of pirated PDF books. Yes. Basically. Yeah. And you had to right. sit there 
at a photocopier at like the library or something photocopying every single page. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, you might, you, you'd pay for the pay the photocopying, but, but no one was making money off it. It was literally yeah. just a way that we could transmit information because we didn't have the internet. Yeah. And uh, so I went through all the accessible Druid literature like very fast, right? Which wasn't very, my very fast. time, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, no. And now I was lucky because I went to Waldorf grade school with mm. my buddy Sean and his dad owns Banyan Books which is the, one of the biggest occult bookstores in North America. And they sell and, my product. And amazing. There. They do. They're wise. Yeah. They're very yeah. wise. They're just, yeah, yeah they're just uh, down the road. Yeah. And so from a, that young age, I would be able to go there. And like, even though my allowance was like probably five bucks a week, mm -hmm. I could, if I, if I went there, I knew I could walk away with like, well, you know, a good haul of books Yeah. because my mom wanted to support our friend's bookstore and, you know, endorse these sort of spiritual pursuits, especially as they had pulled me out of despair and devastation over, you know, what right. I, you know, the, yeah. that other period, that very dark period. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, cause, because I didn't, I, I, that, that, that whole moment, that whole revelation, that whole awakening uh, changed the, you know, took me out of that depressed dark world. Mm. Um, and, uh, and gave me a light, like a fire burning. It just didn't go away. And, and I was able to hold on to it um, with care. And that's what I did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I worked through the Druid stuff. And the reason I kept moving on, and my mom had bought a bunch of books on Wicca. So I, I, I stole all of those and, and hauled them into my room after okay, that. So and, you're and reading, through that. You're reading all these books. Are you practicing? Um, do you do yeah. regular practice and, yeah. and everything? Yeah. Okay. I was practicing, yeah, all the time, doing what I could. Um, a lot of tarot. I was reading tarot for money for people um, because that was good money. You know, I'd make a buck a minute. So, you know, some hairdressers from the local hair salon would come and talk to me their feelings about for an hour and a half and <laughs> then get a big bill. And, uh, and that was good, good, good change um, using that back to my rider weight days. Um, but yeah. Uh, they all thought it was, you know, probably probably a fun thing for them to get a tarot reading from such a young kid. They probably thought it was adorable. And uh, but also, you know, good information. I was highly intuitive. Very, very good. Like all the all the you know, I'd already been meditating for like daily for so six, seven years then. Yeah. Like, you know, already by you know, 13, 14, I've been meditating for seven years. It's a lot of meditating twice a day or, you know, even once a day or you know, <laughs> yeah. even, even if you, you're not that into the yogic stuff, which I wasn't, but I still practiced it, breathing techniques and, and meditation and explored that stuff. But, and it was very useful to incorporate into the, the layer. So, but here, how did I get to it? Because I was practicing stuff and I wasn't finding, I was looking for things that seemed to work, that seemed to make a difference. And, and I, as much as I love the worship element of Druidry and, and modern Wicca, and I would go out, I do a lot of stuff. We had a forest. We lived in a forest, basically. Mm -hmm. So I could go out at night in my robes and under the moon and pick herbs and plant little, you know, stone talismans, or I could pour milk on the plants for the fairies. Um, and do, I did a lot of that kind of devotional work and, and, and bartering yeah. for, 
for, you know, things in my life for comfort for my, my mom or sister or peace in my family or healing with my, my father and his new wife, like all of these sorts of things I was trying to impact, trying to make my life better. And yeah. that's what I was looking for magic to do, to give me a, a chance to increase that sort of fire that burned within me, thus, you know, continuing to grow and become a better person and, and just more, uh, more myself, more my, you know, move from that false to true self i love that i love the way thomas merton approaches that kind of theology and uh and then yeah it led me to um hermetic magic and and you know the lbrp just because that that sort of stuff uh made sense i had a book from when i was 10 and living this oto oasis that my mom's boyfriend sort of ran it was sort of pseudo oto there was an aa priestess who was there and and i and i mixed up with my things when we left there when i was 10 11 maybe 11, um, was a Israel Guardi's Tree of Life signed to that OTO adept. And, and then years later, I started, you know, getting deeper and deeper into that stuff. But Don Craig's book, you know, was such an appealing book to get. It was such an obvious buy for everyone back mm-hmm. when it came out. So as soon as it came out, I, I got it and, uh, and worked through that. And, and the thing that shocked me was the effectiveness of the rituals. They, right. they were they were technically effective in ways that nothing I'd encountered in in Druidry or Wicca was. Now I think there are so now there's a lot more anyone thinking about what's available in Wicca or witchcraft or Druidry today probably will have a very poor understanding of what I'm talking about. Like because like you, you you might you were you would have been lucky if you had even known about Obad or Arnriachtain or any of the other druidical orders like yeah. that even if you bought all the books you might not really know about them you could send them a letter i mean i sent a snail mail letter to clonagall castle in ireland when i was 12 to to you know lady olivia at the fellowship of vices and she wrote me back handwritten note and it was like i get this when thing you're an thing adult yeah behavior. yeah hopefully yeah. when you're an adult i'm sure you will become a priestess of vices and then i did the other year you know yeah well with uh with uh Arissa Victor ordaining me. Yeah. Who founded that, who founded the American branch of that essentially and and was close friends with Lady Olivia. I joined the yeah. of ISIS yeah. back in the day. Yeah, a couple of my guests were on that or have been in that. A lot of people have joined that. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh it is. So yeah, it was looking for effectiveness in magic that that kept me moving along the spectrum. Um again, you know, in grade eight I read all the Crowley and all, all of that stuff. It didn't take long to read the available because there were so much, so fewer books uh, available because it wasn't just, it wasn't just that there, a lot hadn't been written, but a lot of the main written ones were unavailable, like all yeah. of the RA, a lot of the RA Gilbert and stuff. But this was uh, big days for, for the publishings of like Crowley's uh, special volumes, which I got all of those and the Kenneth Grant stuff, you know, I would get that stuff, but you could read through all the different areas pretty quickly. Yeah. And, and, uh, and then you were asked, left asking what's next. And, uh, you know, I mean, the the nineties were big for Wiccan publishing Um, lots, you know, pumping out lots of books, but you know, the, the one thing with that is, is that they're all different, but they're all, the same you know like you read through yeah. one you know you go to the second one hoping for you know a little bit more and you just you're not getting that little bit more that that you need 
And like you said, back then, we didn't have the internet the way we do now, where you just, you can click and buy any book or click and, and meet people, you know? So it was a completely different time, completely different. Yeah. 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 It was, and then at like, I guess from, from 14 on at Banyan, um, uh, flyers for Golden Dawn Temple and order started appearing in the books. Uh, like you know a sneakily inserted and that's how how uh how the order tended to advertise under the radar that's cool um and pissed off the bookstore sellers um yeah and then uh, i would have died if i was a teenager and i bought a book and there was you need something on yeah it's got to be cool and under the radar for it to be like super occult and 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 i would have totally I would have totally felt chosen. Like, like they, they did that knowing I was coming to get that book. Like I would have totally like 16 year old me, you know, finding that flyer in a book that I bought at a, at a a cult shop. I'd be like, I'm chosen. Yeah. 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 They're wanting me. They want me. Yeah. I listened to the answering machine message on it a few times but it was a few, still a couple of years before I called. Um, I tried ardently to work Donald Michael Craig's system of modern magic effectively mm-hmm. before I eventually, you know, I just, and I, and I, and, and it didn't, uh, yeah, it seemed to be lacking and it, I knew it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. yeah, so eventually I just said, well, you know, what's the worst that can happen? I'll leave my name and number and, and then, and then things went from there. Yeah. You know, what's and I figured, you know, it, it wouldn't hurt to go learn what all you know people out there know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't imagine it would be quite as fabulous as it was. Um, well, yeah, it, it got, uh, it got pretty, pretty big, pretty fast. And, um, and I got to be a part of that, which was amazing. Yeah. And, you know, I, 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 when I actually made a change with the flyering and started, having us ask uh, if we could leave them at the counter. But know what's funny about that? The numbers dropped way off. Oh, I, I yeah. 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 It's not cool anymore. It's like, yeah. you know, but of course now those bookstores are gone and people aren't browsing those sections. So yeah, that was a flash in the pan moment where this yeah, kind yeah. of truly, truly occult behavior that's just on the border of <laughs> morality yeah. um, was able to build a, a group of really, really cool people. And uh, and you joined uh, the Golden Dawn. You were like exceptionally young. Yeah. So I was 15 in 96. Yeah. 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 My mom had to go to sign a waiver and stuff like that because six, you know, 16 it was, and, and I was only allowed private classes one-on-one mm-hmm. um, with, uh, with uh, my proctor, Sam or Rosisco and, Nineveh Shadrach, who's as he's now called, Frater, Marion Frater Ka at the time. And uh, until I was 16, because that way, if like, you know, I hooked up with anyone, any of the adults there, it would at least be legal. That, yeah. that sort of uh, age of consent in Canada. This is this this kind of stuff freaks out, out Americans, but it's I like that was the that was the issue, right? You don't yeah. want someone who's under sexual consent age in case they do something bad like because they didn't know how what were like i've said this before what were the chances that like i'm sure they like they they debated my admission for a long time 
And it was certain people, even adepts down in LA, some like a lot of the inner order were voting against my admission for sure. And some of them, and over the following years, many years, they would take me aside once I was in the inner order and tell me, some of them would tell me their story of like, yeah, I remember voting like really hard against you. And someone else would be like, I knew it was the right thing. And I even did a little scrying and was like, yes, this person, it was a, it was a big thing. So yeah. Oh, I, I mean, I would have been a hard no. Like I, I, I just, I would have been like, no, 15, no. Like I, I no, yeah. and I'm not going to scry. I'm not going to hear his story. No you know yeah. so i get that i really do you know no hard feelings you know yeah no no i mean so yeah 50, yeah 15 just so there was others at 16 uh uh frater ka himself had been initiated at 16 and was very much well he was like like adopted son of of, of zinc mm. of, of frater pca um and uh then moved up to back to bc to start up Temple Tehuti, Sanctuary of Tehuti at the time, right up until up until ninety seven, uh, ninety six. It became a Temple Tehuti in ninety six, ninety seven. Because to be a temple, you have to have multiple uh, adepts. You can't yeah. just have one. Yeah. They don't allow that because it's, it's just an ego trip. Yeah, um, waiting to happen, and uh, that's happened a lot since then. One of the main reasons adepts leave uh, is to go start their own group or temple uh, or order. Uh, where they're the only ones in charge because they see how easy like there's such a simple mechanism in the tradition of the golden dawn whether it's one adepts whether it's two or three or five whatever the number is the reason for multiple ones is such a basic human psychological reason to have multiple people with the same level of authority yeah right you yeah. need that. They have the same level of authority and you have to have that balance. Is yeah. it, is, is, is there human drama? Yeah, but that's good. You yeah. want that rather than like unilateral downward power and that crazy guru shit that goes along with it. Yeah. Yeah. People, I, I, I think, um, uh, strife within groups in the, uh, you know, a cult community, I, I think it, it gets a bad rap. Like it's always like seen as, as such a bad thing and, and a destructive force. And like, like really like you'd rather be in 100% agreement with that one person at the top, no disagreements, no discussions, no negotiate. Like, yeah. You know, like that yeah, doesn't, it doesn't work. No, it doesn't work. No. Um, yeah, which is, I mean, that's why a lot of, a lot of orders have, have made developments to ensure that's not the case. It's why yeah. a lot of churches have church boards that oversee the church and have a power struggle with the clergy in charge because you need that power struggle. There's got to yeah. be that, that, that contest of power, that dynamism between the white and black pillars. You yeah. need that. Yeah. It's very important. Yeah. Okay, so you're 15, you joined the Golden Dawn. Um, how long did it take you to work through the initial grades? Um, I, well, I finished, I, I tested out of Philosophist uh, Easter of my grade 12 year. Okay. Yeah, Easter break, I flew from Vancouver to LA and tested out of 
four equals seven and was initiated into a portal with Edward, who was another one, Edward VH Fatter BT of Esoterner oh, podcast. So much. He was he was initiated at 16. Um Sor P, his uh, girlfriend at the time. Uh yeah, some some of these people I'm not gonna say too much about for obvious yeah. reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um that, you know, they were also at 16. So there was a slew of us between us and Frater Cop. Nineveh you know, Shadrach, me, Edward, and one other were all six, 16, me, 15. Yeah. And and Raphael as well, who did the tarot deck, who painted our orders tarot deck. If you've ever seen that online, it's pretty gorgeous. Um, Raphael also joined when she was 16, of course. Which which tarot deck is it? Um, It's never been published. It's, oh, okay. uh, yeah. If you if you look at like people like Eric V Cisco online and some others of, of that branch of that order, I mean because of course our order the international order fragmented. I mean it was yeah. the certainly the largest unified Golden Dawn order in in history uh-huh. um, because of its uh, low barrier for admission, its its astral initiations which are highly debated though yeah. less less hard to understand when. It's they're misrepresented when people think that that's the only initiation. It's like it's a stopgap for the physical, yeah. right? And uh, yeah, and it does something. It doesn't do the same thing. I have yeah. I I went through two astral initiations prior to physical, and then went through only physical ones, of course, after that. Right. Um, and so I have notes on my experiences, and there there was a, there was an experience, a distinct experience. Something happened, but wasn't the same thing. Yeah, no, slight, no, slight variation. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever um, think that you weren't going to make it through um, to Portal? Like, wh- did you ever, th- like, oh. is there ever a point where you're like, I-, I can't do this. This is too much. I can't handle this. For sure. Well, sure. Yeah. And in, in like, yeah, uh, in, in the, in the water grade um, that, well, there was challenges in all the grades, um, but I went through pretty smoothly. Uh, um which makes sense. I, I mean, it was seen as sort of a, a testament to to my admission that I, I went through sort of smoothly. Um, I went through Neophyte. Um, I was initiated in November 96 and uh, tested out of Neophyte in December. Yeah, in December. Oh, so you, you pulled a Crowley. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. I, well, that's why when Crowley talks about the pace he went through, I'm like, that's... Well, first of all, it's nothing to brag about because it speaks more to not doing as much of the work. And uh, second of all, I mean, he was only doing the LVRP and then learning a few other things. There's yeah. very little work. Our, yeah. our grade material is freaking huge. It's like a yeah. massive tome um, right. of tons of extra stuff, things from Franz Barden, things from all these other things that were developed over the years of, of our order's development. Um I mean, and like Don Craig, Don Michael Craig and, and Poke Runyon and all these people, they all taught at our order, right? You know, when I was in the inner order, we would have group inner order phone calls from our order with Chick Cicero. Right. You know, so there's a lot of, there was a lot of stuff going on, interaction, and there always has been within the Golden yeah. Dawn world between teachers and groups. And, and that's why it's been such a strong, growing, living tradition since yeah. its beginning um it just doesn't matter what name changes it goes under there's so many groups essentially doing gd work but with different names that's fine yeah the, the, the system is very alive and well and it's it's not talked about as much or as well as it probably should be because the people who know that it works um and works well are too busy using it and doing it yeah um to to worry about the uh how it's seen yeah exactly 
But that wasn't your question. What was your question? Damn it. Um, no, I would. No, I. My last question. Oh yeah. So I went through the grades quickly. Um, I didn't get to go into Zelator right away because we were on a uh, Christmas break, New Year's break, and then by the end of January, I moved to Vienna. Um, and so I went through a lot of a period of time of separation where all I could do was write letters. Mm -hmm. I convinced my Viennese uh, Gast family to install internet, but they were like, what's the reason why we would do this internet? And the, the father was an antiques dealer. And to the, now I've been back to see them, of course. And he's like, my whole business now is online. And, I, and he's like, that's because and he, I had them get the internet long before, just because I was trying, I wanted to be able to write emails to yeah. people, but they weren't, yeah, this was the before. The, so once I went to Vienna, I was pretty much cut off. Right. From the order almost entirely because, you know, I was writing snail mail letters to everyone and yeah. it would take forever to, to hear back. So um, I did go through a Zelator astral initiation while I was there. So I had had the neophyte in the Zelator astral. And that was that last I sat in those grades for a long time because while I went into Zelator, I never got the grade material. Sent. They were horrible at sending grade material and shit like that. So I had to just sit, sit there waiting for a very long time. Um, and as soon as then, then I flew that summer to LA, um, for the big event and got to learn from like Pope Brunian was the guest, uh, or guest that we, that, that week. And then I went through the initiations physically and met Edward and all these other people, um, like, you know, good 80, 90 people. Um, and, uh, went back to Vancouver. They had gotten a whole in, while I'd been away, they'd gotten a whole 3000 square foot space built a whole temple with rooms, library, classroom, kitchen, multiple bathrooms, all of these things, full temple. Yeah. Amazing craftspeople who all worked in the film industry were part of our temple. So right. they were making right. that stuff so yeah. fast. Yeah. They're just like, yeah. oh, you need to perfect hieroglyphics on thing. No problem. Well, like, yeah. Now, and we had next door was our friends. All, other members were next door and they were running a metalwork and bless smithy shop. So they made all our swords. Oh, yeah. yeah. And a wrought iron gate fence okay, for the yeah. front. It was it was super hardcore. Yeah. Now, to be clear, like, uh, like for for the listeners, like you guys had like your temple space was your temple space. You weren't renting it for the evening in a Masonic. No. Like this was your building, your space. This was a a temple, like a one hundred percent, three hundred sixty five days out of the year temple. Yeah. 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 It was by the time I was, you know, so yeah, I mean, it had, it had, it had place, it, there was, there had to be people living there to maintain it mm -hmm. and, and clean it every day and have like the classes were every night of the week almost. I mean, they started off, it, it built well, yeah. and especially in that next year when we all went. So, you know, that next year I came back from, from LA in August, got my Zelator grade material finally. But while I was in LA, I got to meet with members from Texas and all around the world. Yeah. So I met with all, you know, and like there was like 10 of us to a house all billeted for free. So probably like hundred people there. And, and, you know, we're doing, it was just nonstop magic the whole time, you know, wake up in the morning with Texans, like, you know, in invoking salamanders and uh, convincing you to go do a hour-long middle pillar before huevos franchos for breakfast and all of this stuff and this is when i got to know jeff Contreras and, and all of these other people who are still about in the magic world um uh mark and just all of them there's yeah. there, were, there were tons of them and uh back in vancouver then i got to go through theorcus in september so it only took i spent like 
yeah, a little bit of time going through the, the Zelator grade material, but I had lost a lot of time while I was in Vienna, just doing basic magical work and yeah. studying Franz Hart, Hartmann and other things, other resources that I could get in, in, in German. And, uh, and, yeah, why, and then Tahuti just blew up after that. We just rolled along. Why were you in Vienna? Uh, why not? <laughs> yeah, well, I was in the Waldorf school, so we had the ability to go to other schools if we wanted it for free um, yeah. around the world. And uh, they'd send a kid to our place, like a regular sort of Ostosh exchange. And uh, yeah, I wanted to improve my German. Yeah. Learn, uh, learn more opera. And, I'd, love, uh, I'd love to learn German. That's yeah, one of the first things that I'd like to be able to speak. First day I was there, I went uh, and bought Also Sprach Zaratustra of Deutsch by Nietzsche and started reading that. And, and it was good. It was good. Although I couldn't, I didn't go to class really. Um, I spent that year without, because the, the, our German, or none of our exchange students, our German wasn't good enough to learn. <laughs> like we were there to sort of learn it. We'd been learning for 10 years, but it wasn't that good. Right. Uh, it wasn't conversational at all. And so and school there is six days a week, but only goes till noon, 8 a.m. Okay. till noon okay. and six days a week. And so, you know, we would, yeah, we would just, we would go to our first two hour class in the morning, our Hauptuntricht, and, and then we'd go to the Marine Kefa Cafe and sit there and drink coffee for three hours till the rest of the students, till the rest of the students came, got out. And then, then we'd go to, I'd go to museums and go, look at all the art galleries and all this stuff. You could see an opera at the Staatsoper, like a full opera or ballet for two, three dollars. Wow. If you got a, a standing place or a, a half seat place or yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Like, you know, like 35 shillings. These shillings when I was there. So that was cool. Yeah, Vienna was a good experience. And I uh, that's where I first studied with a Hasidic rabbi, um uh Jewish Kabbalah. Right. Um, he was he was there lecturing and teaching um about reincarnation and Hasidism. It was a, uh, yeah. So there's tons of cool lectures at the Anthroposophical Society, um, which I was very much into Rudolf Steiner and, and reading his work. Uh, I read, that was the first time I read one of his books in German, Theosophie, Theosophie, uh, which was good. Um, Cause I bust, I would train around Europe a lot. And I actually did meet up with other members of the order. The order did put me in touch with members in Europe, mainly right. a German guy in Nottingham. So I went to Nottingham and hung it with this fellow in Nottingham, Stark, um, yeah, he stuck around for a while. He he really got me into friends. He in, in, got me uh, to take friends Barden more seriously. Okay, and uh, and that sort of stuff. He was a PhD in physics and studying the effects of uh, laser beams on water droplets as they fall based on where they fall in the circumference. And showed me his lab and stuff. And then we walked around Sherwood Forest and saw all the Nottingham stuff. So that that part of it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. So. Talk about Temple Tehudi a bit, because I think, you know, you see a lot of people online and they're like, I want Hogwarts. I want Hogwarts. I want to go to Hogwarts. Yeah. And then the Golden Dawn comes along. They're like, hey, we're Hogwarts. And then everyone's like, oh, yeah, no, I just prefer doing my own thing. I don't like rules. That's good. Like, That's so, good. OK, like, so do you mean you just want to play dress up? Or do you actually want to go to magic school? So lots of dress up in the Golden Dawn. Eh? Well, there's there's a lot of dress up in the Golden Dawn, yeah. Um, but so Temple Tehuti, I mean, it's a full on temple, temple space. Um, you probably had a library there. Yeah, a lot of it was was mine and a few other people's. Um, 
resources and books uh, in a common space. And then there was, then people would donate books to us. And that was okay. But yeah, my, my personal library far exceeded that by like 30 times. Um, and, but, but there was, there was a, a really good community. And, and because we were running, especially by the time I was, I was getting up through the grades. Like I, I helped push, like there was a period where in the beginning there was two classes a week and then the initiate, a neophyte initiation every month plus the elemental initiation every month of that sign. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, quite quickly it became more and, and it was seven days a week. I've posted pictures of, of our schedules online and people are stunned because like, you know, Mondays, Mondays, neophyte, Tuesdays, you know, Zelator, Wednesdays, like every night of the week, Friday would be maybe a philosophy's class plus pro class. Or eventually when I was, you know, running things, I was busy teaching a class of teachers. Also, I would teach teachers classes on how to teach better, um, on how to train subjects. We'd have portal classes for when some of us finally got up into portal, right. which was like, uh, you know, yeah, after the, I was the first one to finish the Golden Dawn at Temple Tehuti and get into portal, I think. See, I, I went past everyone who was already there when I went into okay. portal. Okay. Um, I had flown past everyone, all the mainstay members, except for the two adepti running. Right. Um, so yeah, I did, I did fly past. And then when I went, flew down to LA to go into portal, people, people didn't know and were very surprised. Um, except the leadership wasn't because they had noticed me over the years and saw what I was doing. And I didn't participate in like a lot of the drama people talk about. I was either unaware of it. It was either, but really I think it was just smaller. It was like, those were moments, those moments become blown up in time. Yeah. But what you, what you, what, what being there was like was just day-to-day classes or initiation rehearsals, especially once you get to be an officer, which is super amazing. Like most people list that on one of the, the best things they've done in their life is get to be an officer in initiations. The rehearsals yeah. are great fun. And we did, we would do a lot of that because it would, you know, and slow. And then after a short time, everything was memorized. Um, even though you'd have turnovers of officers. I remember the first time someone, a higher fan memorized the entire initiations for all of them, which could mean sometimes that while everyone was preparing the temple, you're learning six pages of speeches from 8 a.m. till 5 p.m. In your room, you're just walking around memorizing the speeches like i would do things like read entire paragraph speeches from the last word and read out the last word backwards all the way through the speech which takes a while but then right. when you read it forward it's like just there in a better way so uh, all kinds of tricks okay. for memorization that was a very good one i would always do that one where I'd, everything i read every sentence or paragraph on the first run through i'd read the last word backward of each section as i memorized each section um, and then reading it forward. Yeah, it works really well. There's a lot, any memory techniques I find work. It's like, which memory texting should I use? All of them, any of them, which yeah, ones, yeah. whichever works. I, you know, take Ginkgo Biloba. That's, you know, we're, we've always been fans of that in, in uh, the people I knew, the magicians I knew. Love that Ginkgo and memory stuff. But yeah, so that was, that was a lot of fun and uh, a lot of work. And it was challenging. I mean, when you're doing that amount of ritual work and you're, you're there, like, you know, eventually once I could drive, when I was 16, I could drive and had a car and I could drive to the temple. Like I could drive at 10 at night on a Friday, me and Martin go study till 4 a.m. Then come back to the temple, do ritual work till 7 a.m. Then I drive home and sleep till noon and then get up and, start my Saturday or whatever, you know, and then, and then, well then, or sleep till then, then drive downtown again 
across the bridge because I lived in the, on the mountain, grew up on the mountain, go to a rehearsal and clean and sweep and brasso things till your wrists and knuckles bleed and then do the initiation and then have a potluck and then you get home and then just nonstop, you know? And it, it's helpful to the rest of your life because you, you treat the rest of your life in a very efficient way when you have this really amazing thing that you get to do if, if you've taken care of all the necessities. So yeah. when I joined, I, I was in grade 10. And when I started grade 10, I, grade nine, I was a straight F student. Grade 10, I was an A plus student. Right. Because I would pay attention in class, take copious notes, go home, write up those notes as we do in Waldorf. And so I could get my butt downtown or get into my magical studies because um, I wanted to get through those grades and really learn this stuff and, and uh, practice the rituals. Like, you know, that's why I have a copious diaries. Yeah. And it was uh, the best time ever to go to from Waldorf High School every day to to Golden Dawn at night it was Hogwarts times 10. It was it was super great because, you know, I'd be reading those books in the classroom. And the teachers would come along and be like, oh, William Wayne Westcott. And I'd be like, how do you know William Westcott? Like, well, he knew Yates or some, some, you know, of these things and were Steiner. And then they'd sit down and tell me all about this. Right. Yeah. Of course, we start grade 11 chemistry in Waldorf school by learning the Emerald Tablet. So it's a different kind of school. Yeah. 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 Very much. So. I mean, it gets boring after that with neutrons and protons. It gets boring fast. That's not like boring. real, like real chemistry. That's not boring. That's exciting. It is when you're reading Alephis Levy, man. Yeah. 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 It's like, I'm learning the mysteries of nature under the table and you want me to talk about chemicals? Nonsense. Uh, How elect- wrong I was. Electrons are sexy. <laughs> I love science. I love math. It's sexy. It's just, it's all sexy. Yeah. Yeah. I love we it. We did a lot of math, a lot of yeah. math. It's exciting. When I uh, I took a gap year after high school and it was so boring. It was so boring that I went back and I ended up taking OEC algebra, calculus, finite and English just because I wanted something to do. Mm-hmm. You know, it, yeah. that was so boring that gap year. But I also graduated high school a year early so um, I honestly, I, I can't remember if there was an issue about me going to college at 17, if that's why I waited. To, I can't remember. I honestly, I can't remember. But yeah, um, no, math is sexy. I love it. I love it. Mm. I was held a very, very long time in Portal. That's that's very significant. So even though I moved through the grades steadily. Like longer um, than the traditional yeah. nine months? Yeah. Yeah. A year and a half. Mm, why? So I didn't think, I didn't think I was ever going to get into being initiated into five equals six. Mm. Yeah. I had given up on that. Um, mostly. Most people um, don't though. I mean, most people who go into portal don't get into five, six. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would say like, you know, of, of, it was like, one in 10 people who went into neophyte would get to philosophers um, and maybe two, two in five philosophy would get into portal. Right. And then one in five portals, maybe one in 10 portals because this is, you're done the system at that point. Portal is just as much a graduation ceremony as anything else. And they would told, I was told if you just want to go on with your life, 
this is something uh, TDL told me. If you want to just go on with your life, um, because once you're in, at, at that stage, you start learning from different people. Of yes. Course. Right, you're you're learning from people who taught your adepti who run the temple. You're learning from them as well, um, of course. But you're just learning from everyone. That's one of the reasons these things are so effective. These ways of organizing our resources are very effective. Not only do you have the income to put together international events that cost the members nothing, basically, except mm-hmm. travel, um, but you have you're all learning so quickly because every time any one person learns something cool from the thing they're reading, you bet they're going to tell everyone. They're not like, oh, ho, ho, look what I learned and hoard it. They, yeah. they go and te- they run around telling everybody what they learned. Then yeah. everyone else looks into it and sees if they see, notice anything fascinating. And, and that's a, that's the power of learning in groups. I mean, that's why universities used to be effective as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, well, I was, I was, I was held a long time in portal cause I was very young. I was in, I mean, I went into portal in, in grade 12. Right. that I needed to grow up. I mean, uh, before I, it was even recommended, I, I drop out of college for a year and, and get a real job. And I did, um, you know, I worked at Starbucks, worked at White Spot, worked at a, was a bar manager at a Japanese sushi restaurant. That was fun until one day some initiates drove by in a car and were like, yo, we're going to LA right now. And I just was like, mass, I quit. He's like, okay, okay, goodbye. And uh, had my last hot sake, which we would drink during our shifts, and jumped in the car and went down to our conclave. Who told February. you to get a part-time job? Like, how is that a, or not a part-time job, a minimum wage job? How is that life? How is that better than being on uh, like a hardcore scholar student on PhD track? Um, well, uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not poo-pooing. No. I'm thinking like how, like how it's like no, drop out of school and and just get up minimum wage job like what's the life lesson there i don't know um i did what was right for me in the circumstance so i didn't really wasn't really doing what i was ever told um in that sense and that's one of those one of the the challenges and and that happens in in certain spiritual stages where people will see if you're the kind of person who's just going to do what they're told and be a yes man or if you're going to be a strong, independent, contemplative human being. I mean, people who were, who were, you know, who fell into that trap of just, of just being a sycophants, they didn't do well. Right. They didn't do well at all. No, it was strong, independent, productive and proactive people that did well and they got advanced. They all were also sometimes given some of the harder challenges and given harder times. But um, yeah, uh, that was, you know, there was, there was definitely people within there's definitely, you know, in, in the order, there was definitely people in our community that, that had, uh, that didn't understand uh, the scholarly path in life. Um, Cause it's very different. Uh, yeah. If they see someone just reading books and writing all day, they don't consider that work. Right. 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 They don't consider that work because that's, but that's sort of part of the, the, uh, the, the lower classes, perception of 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 what labor is you know and and how it's special for just these elite few and how could you possibly won't be one of these elite few right that's there's this warped perception that we have still clung to 
uh, that certain things are only for the special ones. Yeah. Um, this, ha- this, this attitude exists a lot in the popular mind against musicians as well. It's like, how, how dare you play music? Only, only Bruno Mars can play music. You're not special like that. It's like actually music's a birthright and in lots of cultures, everyone's allowed and encouraged to do it as much as they want. Mm-hmm. Just so scholarship and learning and, and increasing our minds needs to be removed from this academic imprisonment that has distorted it into you know, political, economic uh, demons that are just destroying the heart and soul of what education should be about. Right. And it needs to become democratized so that it's not just accessible to everybody, like we see the internet do providing it. I spend so much time listening to lectures um, by academics. It's crazy. And or just experts. It's amazing. Like so much time. I'm listening to multiple history historians of religion every every week and can't tear myself away from all this stuff that normally I'd have to pay for an expensive course to get even a portion of. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we need to change the mentality that that education or or writing or or literature and all of these liberal arts are for the elite few or the special. And it's not by destroying those people who are teaching it and destroying the teachers in the academy, but by liberating them from giving them permission to to speak to everyone. Right. We need to give them permission and encouragement to speak to everyone. Yeah. And the fact that like, uh, like people like, uh, you know, Dan Attrell, who's a PhD candidate and Justin Sledge and Angela Puka have their PhDs and they're esotericists and they're getting a bit of support from online communities who just want to learn what they have to share. That's the open method of learning, open school of style of learning that Umberto Eco actually predicted with the rise of the internet. And he wrote a lot about this, even in newspaper columns. He was very active and he's the Italian semiotician who wrote The Name of the Rose and Foucault's Pendulum. He had a very humorous approach to understanding the history of religion and, and especially the esoteric movements. Um, like Foucault's pendulum, I don't know if you've read it, but it's every section's divided into the 10 sephirot of the tree of life. And it's just a remarkable, wonderful book that everyone should read. Foucault's pendulum. So yeah, um, education needs, we need to give permission to these academics to, and and scholarship, just scholarship in general, learning in general to become learned by everybody and, and permit each other to, to broaden our minds and and deepen our learning in general. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, that's that's what I'm doing. Like my the whole Hermetic Mystery School thing I'm doing is, you know, that's the dot com website yeah. place where I teach is is the idea is to like sort of amp up modern magic, you know, make a multimedia version of that um, that would with, that, like a version of that that would have worked better for me because now I know what would work for me. Now right. I know how I could have self-initiated effectively through the grades, through the elements, through all right. that stuff. Yeah, yeah, now yeah. I know what I needed to know, but it's yeah. not written down anywhere. And no one's made uh, a way to access that in a coherent form. So that's what I'm doing. Which brings me to a question that I've been wanting to ask you for ages. Why haven't, okay, so I, you know, I know you have your books on Amazon and you have your, your um, magnum opus published. that's great um where's your your book published through wiser or whatever um metaphysical publisher like where's that fratter rc book like i i mean you're so brilliant and you're so experienced where are those books well i've never written a magical book 
that's what, like, right. but, but that's what, like, why? Like, okay, yeah. so why? When, when you interviewed me on your podcast, and I'm talking about my experiences working through self-initiation through the Golden Dawn, through yeah. uh, Modern Magic, and Cicero self-initiation through the Golden Dawn, and comparing that to um, my uh, work and my initiation through the Order of Bards, Ovates, and Druids, where you you know, when I was working through the Order of Bards, Overweights, and Druids, and I was taking my um, my holistic um, um, healthcare practitioner certification, and it just, and I just, I had that that initiatory moment where I just crumbled, shattered, and I'm I'm the person I was and the person I am now, two completely different people, and that was the most remarkable experience of my life um where working through the self-initiation i had a pretty intensive experience but it was more like running into a brick wall i was able to push through it but on my own through my own devices so there's certainly a, a um a, a gap there um and you just said, like, you know now what you would have needed to know to self-initiate. So where's, do you not think that there's something there you can offer uh, people where you should write a book and get it published? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, write a, write a real book. I mean, so what, yeah, all I did was um, when I, when I was, when I was informed that I was not going to be alive much longer, I put everything I had written that I could find um, after a robbery um, online um, mm. across the board, magical things, even fiction stuff. There's a bunch of, you know, drafts yeah. of novels or four or five of them that are like between two and 500 pages that are out there because I, I had a, you know, let's say a health scare. Right. And, uh, and uh, something like the magical text, like these are just things that I wrote. These are all just things I wrote while I was going through the grades in the order. I see them as source materials. Right. Um, like if I was as an academic, cause I became after that an academic and mm -hmm. I realized like with curiosity, how an academic looks at these things. And I look at them actually very academically and think, Oh, isn't that odd? I, this really says like what, what the person was, uh, it just speaks to that community because I was in that place and you know I had no objectivity of myself as to what I was doing right like I do now as I got older and I developed my critical skills um so yeah what well I will write something I will write a magical book with using right. my full critical resources and perspectivalism to produce something that's of use I've got a couple small writings I'm working on you know one on entheogens mm -hmm. and uh but i feel like the self-initiation stuff um and methodologies in in using different rituals uh and learning things in different ways and like the pedagogy of our own mag magical education um i think that's best done in the multimedia format which is why it's like living on a website right now right that people can access for like 50 bucks a month which is pretty low to you i mean if you take many of the courses that people offer there's 600 bucks or you know like yeah. black school and stuff like that which is great it's it's that's i'm purposely underpricing myself because it's meant to be a community um that even can you know we'll have more collaboration yeah. once i deplete what i have to offer because i'm just recording things i've taught for many years and know really well adding some new stuff to it but 
but there's there's going to come a time where I run out. Right. <laughs> like yeah. when I when I finish doing all the things um, that I did and sharing them and how I did them, then I will. And I'm looking forward to that moment in a couple of years from now when it comes, because then I'll be even more free to develop and do and learn new things. Like maybe I'll dive into the PGM and take a 30 day intensive in uh, Koine Greek at, at Regent College. You know, why not? Yeah. Why not? Um, yeah. Those things are, are, are accessible um, and uh, would add a lot of value to my life. Mm-hmm. But right now, yeah, a serious book. I talked to Llewellyn and Weiser when I was down at Pantheacon and I just, I had just had a huge hit lecture. So they were all ears. They offered every, every all of my friends who proposed book deals to them got accepted. Right. Um, and uh, it's just not something I've ever had any interest in. I've been very skeptical of whether or not you would make more than if you uh, keep, keep the majority percentage yourself, which is what going being exclusive through Amazon allows you to be. Also, yeah, if you're on, true. if you're touring between countries, they like, if I set up a book tour, when I set up like dates between three European countries in just a few minutes, I have books shipped to all of those places yeah. indigenously from their own region. Yeah. So that saves, you know, makes it doable makes it possible to have these souvenirs and books to have to give out at lectures and stuff. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So I'm saying like, you know, why, why isn't there that wiser book or that Llewellyn book? So, and, you know, that, that sounds very nineties of me. I, I got to get back up to the 21st century where self-publishing is a thing. And I think self-publishing needs to be a thing. You know, you you think about Crowley self-publishing all of his books and and I I feel like I I don't need you to be a good writer. I need you to be a good teacher. Not you, but people. Like you can be a shit writer, but teach me something new. I will pay for your book and i know you know publishers have to look at okay marketability profits blah 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 blah. so we're not going to accept your book okay put it do create space i'll buy your shitty book i'll buy your shitty writing book as long as you teach me something i don't know you know yeah so i i like the idea of self-publishing so whether it's a publisher self-publishing whatever do you see yourself doing that big from A to Z self-initiation sort of like here, this is what you need. If you know, yeah, no, I, I think, I think the best will be to keep that um, in a, in a multimedia sort of okay. educational website okay. form. And right. I think also the best way to communicate that information is, is as an outline and, and sort of, like, you know, having discussions about it and, and audio video content that help talk about it. And obviously we talk about this so much on, on the podcasts yeah. that I'm a part of. Um, yeah. There's so much, uh, so many pearls to be, to be mined if you listen closely uh, and the little insights that people have had. Uh, Edward's podcast is great for that as well. Like yeah. and so many yeah. people came, came and gave their insights and experiences. You have to be patient and, and really also listen to a lot of stuff. It's, but again, this has never been your a path. podcast and Edwards podcast. If you listen and you really yeah. pay attention, you have a full blown education there waiting for you. If you just pay attention, your podcast. And that's, you know, um, Edwards, you know, as you know, he's not doing his podcast regularly. And that's such a disappointment. 
I know he's having fun in India. I get it, but he's I I, I he's brilliant. He's he's freaking brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. He uh, huh. he'll, he he might get back to it. Who knows? Life life moves yeah. on. I don't I don't I, I don't know how long all last, especially in the cancel culture climate. Yeah. Um, I have my stuff removed all the time. Um, so that's why people, uh, yeah, should, uh, yeah, please support the channel, like subscribe if you guys want to, uh, help ensure the longevity because, because the cancel culture is coming even more. more. But, uh, Edward, I mean, Edward, Edward gave birth to what I'm doing. Right. I mean, he literally called me up and was like, basically like, you know, wanted to pass the baton. It's a real, it's a relay race, the Rosicrucian relay race. (laughs) of the secret stream through space and time. We're all just trying to do our bit to, to make the world a better and place. This, isn't it? this podcast is your fault because I was using the whole, I'm too busy. Yeah. You said, you're like, get it started, get it started. <laughs> so now this, so this is all your fault. Cause, well, cause I'm not busy enough. I think uh, the LVX files is going to be big. It's going to be awesome. Who wouldn't want to be on the LVX files? Exactly. I, I, you'll, you'll get a theme song sooner or later. And, then we'll be rolling. I, I love your music on your uh, podcast. Did you do Thank that? Thank you. Yeah, it's me. Oh, it is you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. That's from my song, Hallelujah, Baby Babylon. I love it. I yeah. love it so much. Um, yeah. If there's any Thelema in me, which there isn't, then it comes out in my music. Though I do I do like those themes. I love apocalyptic and, and revelation themes so I, I address those a lot I know, music, right? or victorian yeah. ones like dorian gray and stuff like that I, yeah that's that's aesthetically my cup of tea yeah so yeah that's from that song and it's a single on spotify it's on and then there's a longer version of it on an album on spotify and itunes and all everything you know all those platforms that don't pay us anymore uh-huh. we're not bitter we just no, can't I, make music you know, and we don't get paid for it. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, you're a musician, so I kind of had a feeling that that was your music, um, but yeah. I wasn't sure. And I never thought to ask you. But no, it's great because it's 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 so gothic and, and dark and and Celtic. And it's just it's it's a really great. I don't know. I just it's, you know, I like um, it's just it's almost horror movie ish to me. That breakdown se- segment from that song, yeah, yeah, and you know, yeah. I like I, you know, my not my aesthetic. Like, I mean, I don't walk around looking like like I just crawled out of a coffin, but um, like musically, um, aesthetics, like art and whatnot. I, I like things a little darker, yeah. and yeah. So, no, your uh, your music for your podcast is. Uh, uh, I really like it. Yeah, it's really good. So oh, cheers, um, cheers. That's yeah. that was a fun album. That was a fun album to to create. Um, yeah, I, I don't like know. That, if I, I don't know. If I, musicians. I, I don't know if I'm going to get that polished with my podcast. Like having like these really like um, uh, fancy intros and outros and 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 stuff like that. And like I'm just going to hit record. And when we're done talking, I'm going to hit stop and then I'm going to upload it and then hope people listen to it really, you know, although the graphic, um, um, my friend Bob Freeman uh, designed the graphic and I still look at it and I'm like, I can't believe I own this. Like, cause it looks so professional. It's so Shout nice. out to Bob. 
Yeah, and um, Bob's great. I'm going to be um, interviewing him as well because um, he's uh, he's an author. I love his fiction. Uh, he's a magician. Um, parent. He he. I don't know if he calls himself a paranormal investigator, but uh, where he lives, uh, he, there's this um, Odd Fellows Hall, that uh, old abandoned Odd Fellows Hall. He's actually there right now tonight. He's just sent me a, a video of it and that uh, they've been investigating for ages and whatnot. And so he's great. So um, his, his fiction is really, really good. Um, he's, he does like occult detective fiction. Oh, nice. Yeah, which is right up my alley. Um, so he designed the graphic and I, you know, so I'm like, that's pretty polished for me. Like, cause I mean, I couldn't have done that with my paint program, you know? Uh, no. So it's, it's pretty, it's, it's, it's uh, pretty nice. So I think that's probably going to be as, as, uh, as sharp as I'm going to get. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I just want to talk. I just, I want to interact with people. I don't need a fancy intro and all that. Yeah. Stuff. Just, just let me talk, teach me something. And, uh, and then we're good. You know, to quote St. Augustine love and do what thou wilt. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So you, at some point you lived in the temple, didn't you? Yeah. Um, someone moved out and there was a chance to, to move in while I was in Portal and after my first year of college. So I broke up with my Scottish girlfriend and moved into the temple. Um, she was uh, <laughs> becoming an untenable drain on my time, mm-hmm. uh, you know, which is something funny to say at 40 about your 19 year old self, right? Clearly right. what now, now I can clearly see, I just wasn't in love right, right. now. I would just know like, Oh, that, that's what this is. But when it's like your first or second or third girlfriend, you might not know that yet. Right. Um, yeah. And uh, so, yeah. Yeah. I remember I woke up one morning, I'd gotten home late from the temple um, at like 2 AM. So I couldn't call her back on my Nokia. It was too late to call her house with her scary Scottish father. who was hilarious. He, do you, did oh, you hear okay. about the, for the for the younger listeners uh, or viewers? Because because these videos are going up on YouTube, uh, the Nokia is a uh, cell phone um, the size of a brick. No, we're not that old. Yeah. we're not that old. No, my but my sister could run through like a fifty dollar top up card in a day. Mm. You know, because it was yeah. like twenty five cents a minute that you talked, yeah. and that that was the only option. Really, yeah, yeah, I believe. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, so I got home late and couldn't, you know, whatever. I woke up to, to her having broken in through my window and crying on the, on the, on next to my bed because I hadn't returned her call and thought that she thought that I just blown her off the night before, right. you know, but it's like, no, I got home late from, oh, those Scottish from working and, uh, and, and, uh, but that was like too much. Like you can't break in through my bedroom window. And like, you can't break into my home. Yeah. yeah, you yeah. Know? Because I, <laughs> because I worked late. Yeah. Um, that was, and it was just, that was too much. It was too much for me to even conceive of. Right. Um, yeah. So that was, so I moved into the temple and uh, got a job at Starbucks. 
Straight and, people uh, drama fascinates me. I have to say, oh, like, yeah? you tell people, me more. You no, it's just you people are just so bizarre. Like you're you're uh, you guys don't make sense to me. What about that? What side? What part of that didn't make sense? I just I don't know. Straight people are weird. I just breaking just, into the you're just the weird. Place. You're just weird things. I don't know. How would that play out if we were both two gay 19 year olds? Uh, you wouldn't know each other's names or phone numbers. <laughs> like, so we wouldn't be dating. No. Well, then we wouldn't be dating. No. Well, okay. No. No, no <sighs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I don't, I'm just kidding. Yes. If, 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 if it was two 19-year-olds and you were the top, so therefore he was the bottom, he would have been even crazier breaking into your house because he would have broken into your house and wrecked everything. Oh, you know, in my imagination... My girlfriend isn't a guy and we're gay. In my imagination, I'm a girl and we're gay. Okay. Obviously. Obviously. Yeah. Come on, I'm okay. a straight dude here. So, right. <laughs> okay, so two lesbians. Um, so, oh, well, yeah, the same, thing, the same thing would have happened if you were- Yeah, the breaking in through the window, the crying. Pretty, yeah, basically. The, why didn't you call me? Yeah. Pretty, yeah, 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 pretty much. Yeah, and then she would have gotten her car, hooked up her U-Haul and driven and home. Left. Yeah. Yeah. yeah anyway um that was that yeah i moved into the temple and and that was uh living in the temple was great um i definitely got on like a bear there was definitely a, like a i was dealing with a tremendous amount of ego from mm. philosophists uh through portal like through the first yeah like the my 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 ego exploded after practicus when I into philosophist. Now I worked through some very hard stuff in practicus, right. but also just like just the energies I was working with, the the rituals I was doing, they just made it was it activated a lot of the sort of the issues that I needed to overcome. And, and one of them is dealing with this profound light with that you're that you're invoking when you're doing things like the invocation of a higher genius. Like this is this is the Abramelin period for the golden dawn. That right. nine symbolical nine months um, for me, it was a year and a half because you literally have to burn out and burn away that ego and burn it into dross with the light of the spirit. And so for us, that was doing a combination of a pure thought work almost every day um, with a hermetic version of the rosary. So yeah. you had, you had these two forces that counterbalanced each other. One was very mother, uh, you know, goddess and, uh, calming very watery the, the rosary was very watery and loving you know doing the latin ave maria and paternoster and then these hebrew invocations and prayers along with that mm -hmm. um, was a great way to ground down and and, and incorporate that really harsh jehutian current that you were bringing in all the time and then you add things like that like once you know they give you the sirp to add in for the first time and it's the first time you're really doing the ritual and unlike the donald michael craig days when you're like you know got the book or your cheat sheets and you're trying you're trying to do it unlike that you've gone through all this shit so uh -huh. then when i finally got the sirp i'm like how how are we going to do this and i read over it i'm like yeah got this went in i just didn't have to look at anything because right. i knew ever all the pieces yeah. I'm just like, how are we going to do this? And yeah. that's what you want. That's where you're getting to actual ritual practice yeah. where you're getting given rituals one after the other. And you can just look at the pieces and you can put it together because you're operating on things like you're studying like the Z1, Z1 and Z2 doc formulas right. and right. understanding how these things work. Um, 
yeah and bringing in then Inoki and great openings and watchtowers and and that sort of stuff it's just it's a lot of magic and so it's gonna make you feel like godlike yeah. and you have to turn transform that in that process and it was very obvious through through my time in portal when that happened um there was a there was a period in which people and even the members like the 100 plus members of the temple went from seeing me as this bright shining portal member who really had gotten through the completely the golden dawn grades you know while he was in high school mm. um and and then become one of the like the, you know i was by then i was i was teaching teachers right already in portal right, right. right? and yeah. i and everyone you know most a lot of people really wanted to be my student i was maxed out with how many i was teaching regularly outside of classes um you know you're an officer you're so, you're, you're so busy Weren't you teaching in the temple really young at like 17 or something? Yeah, 17 is when yeah. I started teaching in, uh, well, I was a te teacher's assistant in Theoricus in air. I was a teacher's assistant. And then I became editor, uh, co-editor, assistant editor to the newsletter, which I turned into a larger scale sort of journal for the temple over my years. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that was in the you know cut and, pay, cut and paste days of the printing, of printing and editing and graphic design. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so t I was learning to teach from, you know, 17 on and then my 19, like I taught a lot, I taught an incredible amount, like yeah. thousands of hours of teaching that were logged in between personal private students, you know, direct mentoring and stuff. And that's what you have to do. You have to take people in the temple and teach them theory and make sure they understand that stuff that, uh, you know, yeah. Um, by 19, I was very, you know, I did it when I finally came up with the lecture on the seven sins and the Klepo, that was a shocker. And I gave that at the international then the amount of a like inner order members sitting in on, on the lecture was astounding. And it went on for five, five and a half hours um, to get through Your it. Your lecture and, did? Yeah. My lecture. Yeah. Yeah. People. Wow. Yeah. And it was definitely one of the most talked about lectures that was ever given. Um, yeah. Period. And to the extent that they would ask me to ask, give it every year after that. Um, and then to lower our members, ah, no, it's nothing. No. You, you, you were trained. We were trained for it. Like, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. It's not that those, those weights aren't that heavy when you build up to them, like, yeah. like the Supreme rituals or the advanced rituals. If, if you're struggling with them, it's because you haven't built up to them. Same right. as like the lifting weights in the gym, right? It's like, oh, why can't, why isn't the spirit being evoked? Why can't I visualize these things? Well, did you do the preliminary work? Um, and that's one of the things that was the hardest pill to swallow joining the golden dawn was to stop all the ritual work I was doing and, and start fresh. Yeah. Um, that yeah. was a hard pill to swallow, yeah. but thank God I did. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to be at a podium for five and a half hours talking. I love public speaking. I love it. Uh, it's a skill. Yeah. It is, skill. but it's, it's, uh, I love it. I love public speaking so much. Yeah, it was it was it was one of the biggest things I had to conquer was like fear of performing like you know that again but that was something I, I worked with early in from you know in my yeah for, as soon as like that that whole fiery magical revelational moment in Penticton uh, you know being able to to represent myself outside of myself was the biggest struggle yeah. to go from like someone who didn't uh, really who would rather be off stage behind the curtain to being someone who wanted to be, you know, a, a major character in a, in a school play or, yeah. or be able to 
you know, so, but, but doing rituals in the temple helped that as well. Like, you know, yeah. you, you know, you'll be pushed to do rituals over and over in different ways so that you change yourself. It changes you. It transforms yeah, absolutely. you. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, doing, doing years and years of middle pillars and all the other things, the God forms, like you're living through the skin of a God. Yeah. Um, learning to create elementals to impact, you know, at least your inner world so that your outer world can can be more attuned to that those are powerful things yeah absolutely. so as basic and preliminary as they are yeah i i really learned through going through the grades that that no amount of value could be placed on sticking with the basics and because right. everyone around me i saw who fell away and, and didn't complete anything didn't complete the the grades and graduate was they were all focused they were all looking at lesser key of solomon from the beginning the get-go and they were focusing on all the stuff that wasn't in their material right they were focusing on often everything but what was in their material because you know the material wasn't wasn't excellently written uh wasn't necessarily always clear and sometimes it would be considered basic even though it was far right. advanced from what the original golden dawn was teaching right. in many ways with uh you know and, uh, and of course, a blend of the Stella Matutina and Alpha and Omega traditions, just based on the published literature that's available. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. <sighs> Do you want to take a, a break? We could if you want. Okay, yeah, I need, sure. I need like a five-minute break. Let's do it. Okay, I'm going to pause. Perfect. Okay. So we're back. And we're back. Yeah. The dogs have been let outside. They got to go pee. So we're good. So we're good. Yeah. So you're living at the temple, which is incredible. Yeah. Uh, you at uh, a certain point were um, like you were young. You're teaching people a lot older than you. And yeah. who became uh, Hierophant? Well, yeah. So, after, after, you know, what's what's interesting, actually, is, um, you know, after the shift happened in Portal, after I did, you know, gain knowledge and conversation and was able to receive my motto for the Inner Order and uh, sort of uh, there's a mixture of proof of contact with uh, evidence of behavior because there was a shift in my behavior at a certain point, especially right. after a year of being in portal um, a, after a year of that. Um, well, you stop living like you have anything to attain. You just start living being as you are. Right. And that's really important. There's some things I'm not going to say for the specific reason that it could, it, and it has in the past led to people learning how to emulate right. things. Because there's things we all know to look for um, that people don't realize. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm going to skip a few things. Right. Um, but um, yeah, the shift was very obvious when I stopped sort of being at war with what people told me I should do and what I wanted to do. And I stopped being as reactionary um, and also sort of that light that was so brightly shining externally, you know, this, this, this form of this, this, this light of the spirit that mm. you're initiated into in, in the, through the veil of paroquet is a very powerful thing because you're dealing purely with spirit then, and it's a whole different environment than the elemental realm. 
just right. speaking from a purely sense of, of mystical connection. And you, all your ritual work is mainly aimed to increase that. So it's, it is properly and highly theurgic. That's what a lot of, of a lot of our work is. I mean, comparatively to like the grimoire tradition or, you know, in Nokian magic, mm-hmm. it's very little thaumaturgy at all. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, but also I don't see those two things as distinctly separate, more part of a sort of cycle right. of, of activity, like the circulation of the breath. I think magic's all breathing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah. And I got a lot into Francis of Assisi. I was watching like Brother Sun, Sister Moon all the time and singing those songs like Good Work Goes Slowly. I took on a project of painting a very large god form of Harpocrates. And I was an art visual artist. I'm quite well known for not being a painter or visual artist at all. Um, So undertaking that was hard, but I did a very good job of it. And it lasted for a while until Martin painted over it because he's a twat. And uh, (laughs) well, he, 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 he was the first, he became, he went into portal after me, then got into five equals six, became an adept in Hierophant while I was still in portal. So he like went through that because he was definitely, he was older and more ready to take on those things, but also he was doing the work and he, was, was a great magician right? my you know and definitely my best friend for that period like very close like me me him and uh my sister and others would go study all night at cafes after rituals or rehearsals and all of this stuff um so it was very exciting when martin uh became hierophant and our, one of the one of the other adepts the second adept of the temple bjorn had just left and uh so it was then uh frater bolt shemtov and 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 martin and and uh, then he, uh, shortly after, then I, then I got invited into the second order um, and uh, got initiated at uh, Winter Solstice um, <clears throat> 2001, 2000, 2001. Yeah, 2001. And even then was not allowed to tell anyone that I was in the inner order for the next year. So no one knew for the whole next year that I was even an issue. So they thought I was in portal for two and a half years. And they didn't know until I became the Hierophant a year after being in the inner order and taking on metal Hierophant. Because it's not, it's not, it shouldn't, it shouldn't matter to them. We never wore our white robes in front of the, the outer order. Everyone always wore black robes. Okay. We, we, you know, unless you were in an initiation, you never wore different robes. So even adepts were wearing black robes. Um, and, uh, so it didn't matter if you were in the inner order or not. And your membership there is just as you've already left the golden dawn, whether you join the inner order or not, you're still welcome to be a portal or just you're allowed to hang out as long as you want. Right. There's, there's, you're, you're a graduated alumnus essentially in portal. There's two kinds of portals, really portals who want to join the inner order and those who don't. Right. And then those who just go off on their way to become adepts of the world, as as Zinc once said to me, and he's like, all of that's fine. Like, that's that's fine. That's where the Golden Dawn tradition is still something to be very valued. And we got a lot of shit for 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 being known for like, you know, eat, sleeping, eating, sleeping and shitting matters. But we really did for a sort of a time. Mm-hmm. Though, of course, everyone brings in all the sources they can get and whatever material they can. Again, this is before this huge occult revolution and the access to materials online. So everything was much harder to come by and slower right. and ex- and expensive. Um, but yeah, um, so then M- Martin only lasted a few months in the inner order before he wanted to go 
do his own solo adept temple thing and you know he uh you know sort of schismed out because uh he wanted to do it with permission to he wanted an exception to be made to so he could start a temple and be the only adept and they're like no no bloody way uh, okay. and so he he you know he just took off right and uh went into a, a dark place and uh we stayed friends for seven years after that i visited him once in montreal yeah he, he hooked up with zaleski pat zaleski pretty quickly yeah. uh, after going through some other stuff including his house burning down with my ninjutsu tape in it anyway um that was uh so i was i was instantly the second in in charge of the temple like all of a sudden because when he left that was very painful like this is so traumatic because right. you're not even allowed i you know I, I i couldn't even really talk to him anymore right away for, right. for years and um because he was so it was you know he was actively sort of hostile right. you know and 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 you know grabbed those members and said bad things about all of us and said wrote bad things about me and stuff mm. and i'm sure i fired back with some things to say about him you know yeah, and yeah. so that's that sort of that's that human shit man yep um because like you know uh it's one thing to leave a group, but it's another thing to grab as many people as you can and say, you're the real shit yeah. and follow me. Right. And these people are, are idiots. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it's pretty douchey, but yeah. my, my, my old best friend and, and top student did the same thing in that same temple just a few years later um, in 2003, four. So a few years later that happened, but also, you know, that's when things were going strange with uh, the leadership in the States and Bush was now the president and there was a big political divide and most of the members in Canada just wanted to separate and then shit hit the fan and boom, schism. Right. Like, complete right. shit show. Yeah. yeah. Now, my favorite story, and I don't know if I'm skipping ahead in your timeline. Um, the... <laughs> I can't even say this without laughing. Uh, the break-in at the temple. Yeah, that was like early, early days uh, in early 2000 in, in my adepthood. And, and I was probably high-risk or higher-fent at the time. Okay. But I remember being hauled out of the temple to, uh, you know, throw his ass to the curb. But our Fulax did that with her claymore and, you know. Yeah, but no, but you, you got it. You got to tell the story. You got to tell the story. You, you've, you, you've, you've. Haven't told I told that enough? No. Well, no. I mean, you have, but you haven't told it on my podcast. Mm. Uh, and it's my favorite story. He just. It was. You know. He just. He. He found out when we had an initiation and uh, broke into the front and, uh, technically speaking, assaulted our sentinel, our fulax, our phylax, the female sentinel. Uh, who's armed with a claymore, a huge sword. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that's stupid. Um, but that's I, that was the first time I've ever seen that officer actually needed in an initiation. Yeah. <laughs> because, yeah, it's like, oh, that's what that person's for. They stand out guard. <laughs> they take on an Anubis god form and stand guard outside the, the, the temple so that no man, one may intrude. And he wanted to break into our initiating hall. Yeah. And as he told Frater Yeshi, he stood on the altar of the higher men did and cursed us. And then we fell years later years later i don't know what magicians are like yes most rituals like i can't see aaron leach and being like yes you know can you imagine being like don't worry i'll do the ritual for you it might take three to ten years to take effect <laughs> yeah. no yeah we say the opposite yeah. it should take you might need 
take some time. But if it's like, don't look, don't think that something happens to you in 10 years or three, four years is because you did a ritual three, four years ago. That's a bad litmus test for magic. Yeah, no kidding. No. Yeah, no, I, I'd say that's maybe coincidence, yeah. surely. Yeah. But uh, so that's, you know, the, he got forced out real fast, but we all got pulled out and the initiation was disturbed and it was quite a hullabaloo. Most people didn't know who, who he was because they didn't realize he was harassing members of our of our inner order, like sending you know photoshopping their heads onto porn and mailing to the yeah, bosses and yeah. all, all this fax crime and all this other stuff um yeah he's a hooligan um and i'm glad he start he's turned the golden dawn into a religion into the church of the golden dawn and mr magician jesus who jesus was certainly not a magician by any definitional accuracy um yeah but you're so Him making it a church makes it easier to indicate what's wrong with them yeah right now that it's a church it's like okay what's wrong oh what's if someone's like what's wrong with david griffin's golden dawn or fundamentally it's like well it's a church yeah and it very much should not be yeah but that one is a church if you want to join the church fine yeah 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 enjoy the so, thule society in disguise yeah um so I've okay. So one of my, since you, you just said that word, um, one of my fascinations that I love reading up on is Nazi occultism. And uh, so there's the Thule society, you know, the, the mystical land of Thule. I've never heard it pronounced in German. I've heard it pronounced in Danish as Thule. Yeah. Um, how is it pronounced in German? Thule. No. Tula. Tula? Tula. Okay. That's close to Danish. I've heard it pronounced in Danish as Tuli. And I like Thule because it sounds, it's a little harder. Like I'm like, Tuli is like a, a magical land of, of, of fairies and, and, and lollipops. Tuli. It's like Thule. But what if I said like, kill everyone. Le Lokens Avan. Welcome. Willkommen. In dem Tulis Gesellschaften. See now that kind of turns me on. That's sort of like dark, yeah. Yeah, that, but but that's. Wir sind in die Tule Gesellschaft yeah. und wir werden die ganze Welt sterben mit unser großer Krieg. Like I mean, you know. I mean, as some, someone could be like, "I'm gonna slit your throat." Uh, Everything sounds menacing you. in German. And as long as you say it in German, I'd be like, "Bring it on, Daddy." You know, like bring it on. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's like, a fun language. That, yeah, I, I love German poetry. Like, it's one of my I'm most like, that's bad things. Just hot, and and someone's like, "Do you know what he just said to you?" I'm like, "I I don't care. I may die tonight. I don't care." Yeah, you you should never go to Berlin because you won't leave. You know, I you'll go to Kit Kat Club and vanish. I um, that doesn't sound like a bad idea, actually. So, uh, but um, I. If I were able to experience any era in history, I think I would want to experience that um, interwar period in Germany, the um, uh, Weimar Republic era. Yeah, you would, eh? Oh, well, I mean, the, the, the cabarets and the gay scene and the um, just the occult scene. I mean, the occult scene was just flourishing and huge. Um, in that era, and it yeah, was Chir Chirton did a book on that, didn't he? Tobias Chirton, 
I love Tobias Churton. I, uh, but did he write a book on that era? I'm trying to remember. I can't remember. He wrote a book on Crowley's. <coughs> that's right. It's just, that's right. That's which right. I own. That's what it is. But, um, and you know, it, it's not all, like, I need to qualify this. Um, that interwar period wasn't all Nazism. Like, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about, oh, I love Nazism. That's not what I'm saying. But there was a, a period between World War I and World War II before the Nazis came to power where there was just like a thriving occult scene and uh, a thriving um, uh, LGBT scene. And it was so metropolitan and I would love to be able to experience that in that time. Like I'm experiencing that now, but in that time, because it's such a small specific pocket and geographical area um, of time and, 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 and place that I would be, it would be fascinating, you know, to be able to go into a time machine and, and experience that. So, yeah. Anyways, yeah. Little, that's a that's a little that's a little um, um, tangent that we went on, but whatever. I like tangents. Yeah, we're not we're not on a script. We're not on a script. So, um, but getting back to the script. So, at a certain point, um, you're the hierophant. You shut down the temple. Yeah, we, we were actually, and like we were, we were, we were at that stage of growth where I didn't even necessarily know, like I was in Puritan, so it was hard. It was a lot of work. Um, and I didn't even necessarily, like, I wouldn't even necessarily meet the people applying for initiation. Right. Until they were getting initiated or until I had to scry their mottos. Right. Um, that's how busy we were. And mm. uh, I had people well-trained, you know, that I taught to handle that. And uh, we were growing. And um, what, what actually closed the temple was a, a fire inspection. The fire, we had been dodging the fire department for all the internal construction of multiple temples and all of these things. Like, you know, we filled up a large empty space with a lot of stuff. So, right. you know, eventually, eventually they got us. Our, our rituals worked for so long, um, but eventually it was inevitable. Yeah. Um, and so that they, they coded us, which is funny since there's been several businesses then after that was at vacant for a long time. And those businesses are using the same structures that we constructed in them. So it's like illegal for the ones who put them up. Yeah. Um, but it's then it's sort of okay yeah. for whoever rents it after that, which oh. is a weird thing in the law. But yeah. Here's a question for you. So you're living back in Vancouver now. So do you... Are, do you ever go by that building? Yeah, and, and every 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 week or two, whenever I go play D and I Uber past it. Um, and, and it's what, a it's a funky place now. I should go in and do a little video. But are you are you like ah? Uh... There was years it was for rent that some, some old members and me and uh, talked about. Uh, members would suggest to me to restart things, reopen it because a lot of the ones from. Um, you know, a lot of the ones who were the younger members who were part of the end of it um, didn't really, you know, there was there was ones who had been around for even longer than that, who who sort of were a bit more mature. Right. 
Right. Yeah. We got, we had a strange wave of people that felt that they shouldn't have to like do anything. Like, you know, we had a bunch of people who weren't going to get into the inner order in philosophist or portal who also didn't want to do practice the rituals really anymore. Um, they were, they were turning it more into a social club. Like that's not what this is. Yeah. Yeah. That's not what this is. Yeah. Um, at all. Um, that's like, you know, more, you know, there's OTO and there's other groups for people who want a more social club or religion or masonry, but this is a place for people who are actually involved in doing this work, not for, you know, yeah, sorry. Um, yeah. And that's when it's time for usually for people to, to move on, but instead they were like, no, we just think our way of doing things better and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So it is what it is. Yeah. So, yeah. So you eventually had to shut down the temple. Yeah. Yeah. So I uh, closed it down and I moved all the stuff to uh, my best friend at the time's house um, till we looked for a new place. Mm. And we were looking at a lot of different buildings all the time. Me and a couple of other people were going around because, you know, we had the dues to pay rent on a place. Um, and during that period, that's when the shit went, went really bad. And, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. The guy who's, who had the stuff in his house still has the stuff in his house. And, uh, he, he caused this huge like to schism. This day. Yeah. He still had, he caused this huge schism. Um, and, uh, I warned everyone about him. Um, he, he, you know, um, he, he still has part, some of my things to this day. Um, and uh, we tried to patch things up over the years, but eventually he decided to uh, vanish entirely. And he resurfaced in Frater Yeshi's world. And Frater Yeshi and me are personal friends. Yeah. And so I warned him at a buddy's wedding in 2005 about this guy, um, Daniel. And uh, he forgot. And in 2017, when he called me up and told me that Daniel and just asked me to describe what had happened back in the day. And I told him, and he's like, that's exactly what this same guy just did to us. Tried to like oust me from my own order, take everything over all this shit. I was like, yeah, I told you. He's like, I can't, he's like, I can't believe I forgot that. I will never, uh, you know, he'll always regret forgetting, uh, forgetting that you would warn me about that person. Um, But I was like, well, you know, and uh and that's life uh yeah you know he's uh that that dude's a counselor of abused people and some of those people have uh made websites about him that i've been like whoa there's your that's what that's what you you know that's what happens when you lose your power as a sex therapist (laughs) yeah so you know his some of his female patients have been very unhappy with the things he's uh he said, apparently, I just noticed that online, but shit shows, man. Shit shows. Yeah. Yeah. So um, let's fast. Okay. But I moved on, right? So I was in seminary. Yeah. I had enrolled in seminary um, once I became an adept basically oh, the same year. I was getting yeah. to. I was, yeah. I think when we got back from the break, I was going to say, okay, so you became a Christian. So after the temple shut down, that's when you entered seminary, correct? No, 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 oh. no. In in two in two thousand uh, two thousand, during my year off doing those jobs and being in Portal, I applied uh, to the Graduate Theological College at UBC, okay. and 
um, applied for their Masters of Divinity program after I'd only done one year in college. Mm. I gave them my Celtic Mysteries of W. Yeats book, which I had written as my high school thesis and uh, is a hardbound book. And they freaked out and, yeah, skipped me over my bachelor's and put me in my master's so I could do the priestly training in their seminary and oh. get my master's of divinity. So I was doing all that this full time as Temple Tehuti slowly, okay. you know, rose to its heights and, and fell. And uh, they all went off doing their thing. I had been accepted to do my PhD in 2004 at the Association of Studies of West uh, Esotericism, the ASE Association, by Nicholas Goodwood Clark. He'd accepted me as a student at his esotericism program at Wales Lampeter. Um, and then he moved to Exeter, uh, the while I finished my MDiv, because I wanted the MDiv. He actually said, just skip your MDiv now and do the PhD right away. You'll mm -hmm. be done by 2006, seven, with your PhD. I'm like, but then all I'll have is a PhD and, and I really love what I'm learning. I'm learning Hebrew, I'm learning Aramaic, um, you know, all of these yeah. great things. So I wanted to, he's like, oh, fair enough, fair enough. See, so mm -hmm. and then 2005, when I finished uh, the MDiv, I, I was still teaching some students. I had two private students, um, uh, you know, one who lived with me and one who was active, who wanted to work with me and who we just talked on the phone. My one was my remaining best friend from my Dungeons Dragons days, John. We lived together, had temples in our houses, did crazy stuff. And I, I, I initiated him through up to Theorcus. He's oh. now with the, with the fellowship of the Golden Dawn, though he might get mad at me saying that, but that's okay. Sorry, John. I love you, man. Um, this stuff, I'm, no not, editing, you I'm are. not editing anything. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Sorry, John. Yeah. <laughs> sorry john whatever Smith. he's got he's had a remarkable life and he should be more vocal about it he sh he's got a master's in divinity master's in medieval studies from york in england oh, and he oh, should oh. be out there on podcasts broadcasting himself as much as he sh as he can because he's an amazing dude and i love you and get get out there john yeah. claim your power um but anyway uh yeah so i i and the other guy was it was my celebrity wannabe student uh you know jeff martin from the the canadian band the tea party right and uh we stayed in much as much touch as possible he always wanted to talk about flying me places but it, to teach him but i'm like no you're you like he at that time he was very big deal still and didn't have the time yeah. he didn't have the time yeah and i was like that's the reality um but uh, yeah i was i was gearing up for doctoral studies and finished my my we opus and so that was my life and i was also working as the director of youth ministries for the anglican church of canada right. and do i was you know i was preaching doing homilies in in the anglican church every sunday yeah. supervised by priests and bishops my spiritual director was dr dr bishop jim crookshank and uh, i had a lot of good mentors a lot of academic mentors who uh, kept me focused on on that sort of study and then uh you know towards the end of things as, as I was finishing my master's in Temple Tehuti was wrapping up. Um, I uh, started messing around with Irish instruments and trying to see if there was any room for music in my life. And yeah, moving to Ireland in 2005 really cemented that. Yeah. 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 I put PhD on the, on a part-time back burner and just focused on traveling the world and playing music. Yeah. Which was, was good. We did it, made a lot of albums. Yeah, I mean that was a good move on your part. Sure, yeah. No. No. And when in 2009, just so after a couple of years of that, I tried to return to doctoral studies. 
had to leave Belfast when I got sick because I had undiagnosed celiac disease. I weighed like 425 pounds. Right. I didn't know what was wrong with me. I was getting iller and iller. 429 pounds. Are you yeah, serious? yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like there's very few video and footage of me from that time because of that fact. Those right. there's picture of me with Jerry Adams because how could I not take a photo with Jerry Adams and like modern Uini, uh, who I got to interact with a lot and sit in mm-hmm. sessions, jamming with her on the fiddle. She's in the band Altan. She, she has runs the band Altan. And I got to hang out with those people a lot over there and play and learn with them. So that was very, very cool. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but yeah, my health was bad. So I had to come back here and yeah, by the time I got that under wraps in 2011, um, found out I had celiac disease and dropped down to like 130 pounds for a couple of years. Um, uh, that Nicholas died, and uh, that was a wrap on the doctoral program. And these students defer, you know, lost their, couldn't finish their degrees, teachers lost their jobs. And that was that. Yeah. yeah, the the program was mainly funded, I believe, by actually was an endowment from the Theosophical Society in large part okay. uh, to the university because it, it takes an endowment to establish a chair at a university. Yeah. So Nicholas Goodwin-Clark had gone from directing the Center for Western Esotericism and Theosophy at the University of Wales Lampeter to the, being the chair of a department for Western Esotericism at Exeter. And that was a huge deal. So it's really sad that he died so suddenly at 59 such a young age and yeah yeah but his expertise and studies on on the, the occult roots of nazism is his main book and the black sun understanding the secret rituals of hitler's ss and savitri devi hitler's priestess on, they're remarkable I, on books. I i wonder how little we would still know about the the insidiousness of hitler's spirituality if it wasn't for his life's work so i think we all owe him a, a debt of thanks and it's unfortunate we don't aren't we are sort of it's almost taboo to, to study that to, yeah. because it's but if we don't how like that's how these and sometimes I worry that the reason people don't want us to study that is because they're doing the same thing just with a new paint job. Okay, so number one, anytime I bring up my studies of Nazi occultism, I have to qualify it by saying I'm not studying it to be a Nazi occultist. You know what I mean? But number two, if historians took the 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 whole occultist, pagan, border sciences um, uh, elements of Nazism more seriously, would we have had Trump? Because you you learn about Hitler's rise and the the influence of border sciences and occultism that played a part in that rise. And <clears throat> Trump mirrors that so exactly. Like it's a cult. It's a cult. I, not, I see what not, you mean about the not cult. just a political party. It's a political party plus a and uh, plus a cult wrapped around this one figure and historians love to deny that aspect of Nazism. Nazism was just a political party. It was just a political party. No cult, no occultism. People also like to forget that it was a 
you know, proposed to be a socialist political party. Well, you know, it's it's funny about that because, you know, all these Republicans and conservatives, oh, socialism, Nazis, Nazis. Okay, well, so the Nazis were the aristocrats that were scared about the communists coming in from Russia and, and the communists were a big problem and they wanted to get a handle on it. And the German workers were all like, oh, this communism idea sounds pretty good. So the aristocrats were like, hey, we need to create a political party that sounds like we're in it for the workers. So hence the NSDAP, they created a socialist party for the workers to combat communism. There is nothing socialist about the Nazis. Like no, it, no. It's, 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 well, it's not democratic socialism. It's national socialism. Like it's, there are yeah, it, two different things, you know, all that shit's an ideological mess. Mm-hmm. Oh, Hey, I'm talking to a Canadian. That's right. Yeah. Um, I noticed something the other day here, you know, there's like little pronunciation differences we have with Americans. Like, you know, like some people don't know what we're talking about, but it's pretty obvious that, yeah, there's these major pronunciation differences. I realized Americans say ideologically and we say ideologically, Ideological. but Americans say yeah. ideologically. Yeah, I never yeah. noticed that before that they have changed that word as well in the pronunciation. It doesn't matter. It's all the same shit, but no yeah. one cares. No one really cares. If you care, you're a dick. Um, but it's interesting. It's interesting yeah. how words change. Um, yeah. So ideologically, because it makes me think of a different structure to the meaning of the word. Like, well, it's like, it, like the word it, has something to do with logic or ideas, whereas you know, it has much more to do with. Um, I tend to overthink things. So when I hear ideologically, I kind of think oh, I'm kind of suspicious of that pronunciation. That, that, that pronunciation makes me suspicious. Um, I, I, and I'm sure it's not, it's not anything. I'm sure it's just, it's just a regional pronunciation, but yeah. Um, but when I hear ideologically, I kind I, I kind of feel like there's a little bit of a, I'm like, Oh, I don't so, know. So, I don't know you, you, you know, know, when you're first learning a new word or when you're young and you're learning words for the first time, you sort of look at little parts of them and get ideas of what they mean. Even yeah. if you're wrong, you're totally wrong. Yeah. Like, like idiot, the word ideology or ideologically doesn't have, isn't better understood through the two words idea and logically, not as not intrinsically. Yeah. Um, but hearing it that way does make you think of those two, um, you know, structures, those two. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm avoiding using semiological, semiological terms because that's how we break down these words is semiotics. Yeah. Um, but so without going to that terminology, um, whereas I grew up thinking when I first heard the word ideological, I, of course, broke down the phrase id thinking of Freud. So the word ideologically, you know, or ideology, ideology to me, is, I, the first thing I thought of was the id, this sort of spontaneous animalistic thing, which does right. not help actually clarify what the word means. No, but no. it's interesting how we shape these understandings, yeah. and how they grow nascently. So yeah. that's... Uh, yeah that was funny yeah anyways people nazism is bad and so is trump 
and anything Trump mm. says. And if you don't like what I just said, don't hit subscribe. Yeah, I forgot that you were a Hillary fan. I so I actually oh, sort of saw I love during, Hillary Clinton. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. okay, we're not going to dwell on politics for too long. But number one, I love Hillary Clinton. Number two, I love Bill Clinton more. Number three, the Queen of England is the most important person in the entire world, in the entire universe. She's and not a reptilian, not a, people. She's not a reptilian. Not a reptilian. Um, I am a huge monarchist, and I love the Clintons. I have no apologies. I have zero apologies. See, I would have seen during that election, I actually saw more Hillary as Hitler and I saw Trump as Cthulhu. And uh, that's when I was like, like, yeah, I think you guys are in trouble. You know, the problem with a a two-party system is um, you, and I mean, you and I've talked about this. Yeah, we don't have, yeah, we went on to, you know, you and I've talked on my episode check it out people yeah it okay so go on uh magic without fears uh because number one frater rc here has my he, he does my favorite podcast so just check it out anyways but the episode uh where he had me on and we talked about politics a bit and um the problem with a two-party system is you it, it doesn't actually become it's not actually clear cut. Like you think two party left, right. And it's so clear cut. And it isn't because there's so much about the Democrats that can be very fascist where we as Canadians would associate purely with the right. And it gets really complicated. Um, so we're not going to develop politics here. No, no, um, this is this is pure Canadian content. Yeah, but and I'm here. I love, I love Hillary Clinton. I love Bill Clinton, and like I said, that the Queen of England is is the most important person in the world. I love them all. I love them all. Um, I'm not a fan of Biden. I'm not a fan of Bernie Sanders. Um, yeah, that's that's just. That's just how it is. I don't expect my politicians to be perfect. You know, the funny thing is, if I was an American, I wouldn't be saying I love Hillary Clinton and I love Bill Clinton because, like, I always vote NDP, uh, New Democratic Party here in Canada. Yeah, that's Uh, what I usually vote. Yeah, our leader, I shouldn't say our because I'm not a member of the New Democratic Party, but I always vote for them. Uh, The leader of the NDP is Jagmeet Singh. I have nothing against the man as a person, just like Justin Trudeau, our our, our, um, prime minister. I would probably have a great time hanging out with Justin Trudeau, but as a prime minister, I think he's he's almost as ill-suited to be prime minister as like any conservative party candidate I can think of. Um, Jagmeet Singh really needs to step it. Like if Jagmeet Singh really has dreams of being prime minister, he really needs to step it up. Um, But I don't love the politicians I vote for. They're politicians. Yeah. yeah. They're, 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 they're humans. They're, they're fallible. They're not perfect. They have their own agendas. They're politicians. They're servants. But because I'm not an American, I get to look at Hillary Clinton and her history and the work when she was a lawyer, uh, the work she did for women and for children and, and be like, I love that about her. 
And I get to love her because she's not one of my politicians because she's American and I'm not American. If I was American, I wouldn't say I'd love her because then she's just a politician. She's just a, just a servant. Do your job or don't do your job. If you don't do your job, then I'm not going to vote for you. Fuck you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, do you think some of that has to do with the, the fact that, you know, the idea that we sort of perceive America as a TV show to us in some ways? America it's is just, a TV show. Yeah. But no, I'm just saying like, like if I was British, I wouldn't love any of my British politicians. Politicians aren't meant to be loved. They're meant to work. Do your job. I'm harder on the politicians that I vote for than like Aaron O'Toole. I know Aaron O'Toole's an idiot. He's he's the Conservative Party leader. I know he's an idiot because he's the Conservative Party leader. Um, uh, Jason Kenney, um, closet homo. Um, he hates himself for being a homo. Therefore, he hates all homos. Um, therefore, he he's just a horrible person. I know he's a horrible person. I expect him to be a horrible person. What? So I'm not going to be like on Twitter, like, oh, you people are evil. Because I, I know that. That's why I didn't vote for them. But when um, Jagmeet Singh does something stupid, I'm like, because I voted for the NDP. I expect you to be better. So I'm harder on the politicians that I vote for than the politicians that I don't. Sure, yeah. Because <clears throat> I voted for you to do what you said. You're not doing what you said. So bring down the hammer. Yeah, so, do you think so with I, don't, three party- I don't love our politicians, the exception being Janice Irwin, huge Alberta, Lesbo. Love you. Love your plaid. <laughs> love your Birkenstocks. Love your Crocs. But again, yeah. I can't vote for Alberta pot- politicians, so I get to love her. Could you imagine one Notley. of these politicians? I love Rachel that, Notley. Love can Rachel you ima- Notley. imagine one of these? I'm trying to imagine one of these politicians you're, you're shouting out to right now and giving your love so beautifully to. I'm trying to imagine one of them sitting down and watching everything else we've talked about on this podcast no, up until Janice this point. Irwin, <laughs> no, Janice Irwin would be cool. Janice Irwin follows me on Twitter. Um, I love her. Uh, she's fantastic. She's she's super lesbian. But again, like I said, I because she's a, she's a provincial politician, I can't vote for her. So I get to love her because yeah. she's, she's yeah. not one of my, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So yeah, no, don't love your politicians. They're not gods. Biden isn't smooth. Uh, Trump isn't Rambo. They're just politicians. They're servants. They need to do their jobs or they're out. Fire them. You know, like, fuck off. Donate your money to whatever party you want to, but don't love your politicians. That's stupid. Love the Queen of England. Love the Queen of England because she's amazing. And she's 95. She just had her birthday. And she's the most important person in the world. Not a reptilian. Besides me. And she's not a reptilian. No, not at all. You believe she's a reptilian. I don't think that. Yeah, no, I'm just, <laughs> no, I, I, I don't, I can't, I can't, I don't think that there's reptilians among us. But do you think um, that the fact that we have the three party system makes it more likely that we are, I think most people I know change their vote um, 
to vote on issues more I than mean, the we're party. More it's, flexible it's, with, we're more yeah. flexible with our votes. Like I I, I know it people. seems like we don't identify with our party as much as Americans no. do with their two parties. Like they are their party, whereas yeah. we have these three parties. We know they all sort of suck. Um, but which which one which one is offering us the best deal at this time, yeah. Yeah. and which one do we think is most competent to delivering at least what they say they're going to deliver? And then it, then when we get pissed off, like you remember when we all abandoned the NDP over over GST, right? Yeah. Like we voted them in, they added this huge new tax. It's still there to this day. Yeah, and we all we like that was for years. Like that's how the Conservative well, Party at, was running things for ten years after look, that because we were just like fuck that. Yeah, look at Quebec now. Quebec is one of our provinces now. This is really complicated because Quebec is is a French province, so it, it's and they they're colonizers. I mean, they're 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 from France colonizing indigenous lands but yet because they lost the war against the british for control of canada they now act like they're colonized victims so it's it's kind of complicated now i like so my father's my (laughs) my father okay my mother's side is irish my father's side is french canadian so so french canadians like to act like they're like colonized victims so we so we just came here we killed all the first nations yeah. and then they thunked us on the head it is so unfair yeah thanks lindion <laughs> so uh, so it's it's a little complicated but we kind of quebec is a province of canada but it's kind of a nation yeah um so quebecers are really fickle when it comes to party, uh, like who they vote for. Like they'll, like they'll jump ship, um, which is so smart. I've always, I've always admired Quebec and their culture up until they're like, oh, let's make it a law that makes it illegal to wear hijabs. Oh no, religious symbols jobs um and then up till that point that was a couple of years ago i'm like oh you guys aren't as great as i thought you were but quebec kind of is they're they're kind of awesome uh politically because they're like you work politicians hey listen up you work for us if this is what you're campaigning on and we like it, we're going to vote for you, you win, do your job. You don't do your job, we're going to go to the next person. Like, they're smart that way. Like, they're really fickle politically, which is great. So they'll vote, like, a liberal government in, and then they just voted this, like, racist cack in. And and the Parti Quebecois almost died and then it was revived under um, Blanchette. I mean, he is hot and his accent, it's like, uh, yeah, I'm gonna totally take my clothes off for you. Um, but his politics, I'm like, okay, don't talk politics and I'll take my clothes off for you, talk politics. And I, you know, might just go home. It's complicated. Quebec's complicated. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm yeah. out of touch on that stuff. Yeah, but but go to Montreal because Montreal's great. Just cooled. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, okay, so that was a real tangent. Uh, that's Canadian politics for you. 
uh vote ndp any canadian that's listening to me vote ndp um uh or if you're in uh toronto uh central central toronto i don't know emily um which riding she's uh running for she's the the green party leader if you're in her riding vote green um because we can afford to have her in so do that of course, and, here in British Columbia, we have the very popular uh, BC Marijuana Party. Yeah, and love love yeah. the Queen, because the Queen is amazing. And my only regret in life, <laughs> I will never meet her. I, that No, that is literally my only regret in life, that I have no occasion to meet her. There's no reason for her to be like, hey, bitch, come on over. Like, let's... Um, if you live to 100, actually, my, my grandma uh, is turning 99 this year. My little four foot eleven. Dublin Irish grandma is uh yeah and if she turns 100 the queen calls you right in Canada yeah on your 100th birthday yeah, yeah. You, yeah so you actually if you were a bit older she'll yeah. the queen the, the queen I think actually d- could be alive when you turn 100 I was so just gonna say you know there's a good chance there's a good chance she'll be if she's alive a reptilian. wait so this is actually it's to your benefit that you believe she is a reptilian yeah and yeah. some immortal alien who will call you up on your 100th birthday yeah. it could happen still yeah I met uh, uh Prince Philip and I met Prince Charles so that was great jeez oh, wow no no that was great um but you weren't messing um but no, I I'm I'm desperate to meet the queen. But like I said, there's no reason for for me to be invited to the palace. Like there's like you know she does those those um, those events where you know uh, like these these I don't know they they just they 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 send people to the palace like people that do good things in life and they're like and they do this big event and they get to have a garden party meet the queen. Uh, I'm never going to be invited to meet the queen. And that sucks that like, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. I deserve. I'm sorry, man. I know. I know I'm talking to the wrong person. No, it's hilarious. I find it very hilarious. But I, mm. you know, if if that was your biggest wish in life, that's okay. Like long live the monarchy. I love the queen. Long live the monarchy. I mean, I just, I, I, it's just fantastic. And she's an amazing person. And um, yeah, I want to meet her. And like I said, when when I was doing your podcast, I know she listens to Magic Without Fears. So I sent this message to her. <laughs> the Queen of England. <laughs> and now she's probably going to listen to my podcast. I'm just going to say this on my podcast. Your Majesty, I know you're listening. Oh, my God. Send me an invite. You got my address. <laughs> yeah. Gotta meet. Well, you know, well, I would be on that podcast if she brings that son of hers along to answer a few questions that the world has for him. Oh, Andrew, the pedophile. But he's such a dick. Like, I can't stand Prince Edward. And, you know, this is really hard for me to say because I'm like, I don't like saying anything negative about the royal family. But Prince Andrew is just a dick, period. And I'm not surprised at all that he's dicking um, underage girls that have been, like, kidnapped into the sex trade. That doesn't surprise me one bit. With him, it doesn't surprise me one bit. And I don't like saying that because I don't like speaking ill of the royal family, but that just doesn't surprise me at all. So why is it that you... 
believe that Andrew is guilty of those things, but Bill Clinton isn't. And has Bill Clinton ever been accused of, of <clears throat> with underage girls? Yeah, on the Epstein Island, he flew with Epstein like 26 times. There's photos. No, of no, 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 no. Okay, flying with Epstein is one thing, but like actual accusations like, oh, I, Bill Clinton fucked me when I was 16 years old. Yeah, well, people, if you have, if you know of them, comment below. <laughs> no, I like, I, I'll totally yeah. be like, I, I don't know. I don't know that I don't know that much about all that stuff. So uh, I believe I was made. But I thought that was an interesting question to ask. No, I believe the victims. So if there's, like, if that happened, yeah, totally. But I don't know. I don't, I haven't heard anything about Bill Clinton sleeping with underage prostitutes of Epstein's. Um, Although, I'm sure your comment section will let us know. know. (laughs) It is YouTube after all. Although, (laughs) like, why else would you be going to Epstein's Island, I guess? Yeah, that's the. I don't know. Thought. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but you, then you if know, that was true, if 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 everyone who went to the island, that would mean that like all of like, you know, Gates and tons of scientists went. Yeah, there. no, that's, tons of people. It's, it's no, not. No, that's, it's that's obvious true. that people went there who didn't then engage yeah. in yeah in worshiping in the temple and yeah blood whatever blood sacrifices no. they were doing. Send me actually. I don't mean actually. Oh, I don't know about this stuff. I don't, I don't know. Send I me sort of accusations, but if 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 there's um teenage teenagers that were were put into the sex trade from uh Ghislaine Maxwell and Epstein, and they're like, yeah, Bill Clinton when I was sixteen, I'm like, I I'll believe the victims, you know. Um, but you know, if if until then, I'm like, I love Hillary and I love Bill. Oh yeah, more power to you. Um, and and the Queen of England, who is the most important person in the world, and I love you so much. Call me. Yeah, God. I can. I mean, I've I've studied enough history and been fascinated by by enough royal families and country developments to understand it. Uh, but I just I don't hold like I, I don't see the rule like these the royalty and 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 politicians. I see them all as pretty universally bad. I can't get on the same boat with you and, yeah, and, yeah. and hold any of them up to that. I could never say I love any of them really see um, that, because you know, I've just been involved in power structures too long. And I know yeah, the, the bullshit yeah. and, and such horrible things happen at, at, at low levels. Yeah. Um, it's not surprising to, to hear about these atrocious things at high levels. It's incredibly believable. Yeah. Um, so yeah. It, I, I don't know. I, um, I, I don't. I'm know. a little black pilled in that way. I, I see. Like I said, like I don't love my politicians. They're like, just do your. Yeah, life. yeah. Do no, that's what we vote for up here for sure. Uh, I get. Um, I get yeah. to love other countries' politicians because they're not my politicians. You know what I mean? Like I, they, they don't affect. And I, I don't mean that in a selfish way. Like, well, they don't affect my life, so I don't care. I don't mean it in that way. I just like. I find, okay, let's go back to Hillary and Bill Clinton. I find them incredibly engaging individuals. I love Hillary Clinton's past, the, the, the work she did for, for children and for women's rights. Um, and and I, I respect that and I appreciate that uh, out of, from her um, because I'm not an American. Um, 
you know, in like, oh, this person got elected and and this shit happened. You know, I'm I, I'm separated from that. So I get to be like, well, I kind of love her for that work because her election and her defeat didn't directly affect me. Um, but no, but uh, monarchies, I no, I just they're they're fantastic. They're fascinating to me. Yeah, you yeah. know, they 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 really are. Um, um, King Harold of of Norway. I mean, he's a billion years old by now, but I mean, he was a little kid during World War II. And his story, um, uh, Crown Prince Olaf and Princess uh, Martha, um, f- like having to, to flee the Nazis in Norway. And it's just, you know, and, and Prince Olaf, like living to 1991, you know, he became king in the 50s living to 1991 it's it just i don't know it's it just the it, uh, uh monarchies fascinate me and and i don't know i just i respect the institution and of course being a canadian citizen where the the queen is our head of state i i, I respect that um i don't know i just i'm you know yeah yeah whatever no, it's, it's it's interesting to uh Here's someone I like to talk about, you know, the, the sort of the opposite point of view to the one I hold. Yeah. Because it's, it's, uh, it's just curious. Um, it's, it's I mean, they're not, in, they're um, not, they're not infallible. I'm not saying like, just because they're royals, they're perfect. Um, Prince Andrew is a prime example. I know he's a dick and I 100% believe that he was screwing teenagers yeah, were, I think no we like he was the evidence seems to be in yeah teenagers that were uh forced into like sex trafficking that I believe 100 percent um I just I don't know I I don't I you know if someone said to me like ask me why do you love monarchies why do you respect monarchies why do you think monarchies are valid I, I couldn't answer it because it doesn't make sense. Monarchies don't really make sense in the 21st century, but in a way they do. And to me, um, in my mind, they still do. Um, I don't know. I, I yeah. can't answer it. I just, I don't know. I don't care if, you you don't like it you don't like my opinion like no no i no it's no, not just you fascinated. personally but yeah, i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. anyone right. listening you don't like my opinion about monarchies or or the queen of england specifically i don't give a fuck like i i mean i know I, I don't care about anyone's opinion about me anyways so whatever <laughs> whatever yeah well be yeah beware if you care if, if you uh go on youtube caring about what people think of you I'll tell you that I went on YouTube. I started going on YouTube in yeah. 2007 and it was like right away. Like, yeah. I really don't. Welcome I really don't. to hate land. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh I yeah. I really do. I really do. You know what? Like, well, like I've said to you on the phone the other day, every insult is a compliment. You insult me. It's a compliment. You compliment me. It's a compliment. If you're focusing on me, that's a compliment. 
good or bad, it's a compliment. Uh, can we Bring take it another minute before we uh, maybe wrap up with some more magic stuff and that sort of thing? Can I take another couple, two minute break? Do you want to take a break? Yeah, three minutes. Yep. Yeah. I'm going to hit bathroom. pause. Yeah, I'm going to hit pause right now. Do it. All right. Okay, so we've talked enough about queens and pedophiles. So let's, okay. <laughs> so you shut down Temple Tahuti. You, oh, gosh. You went to seminary. Finish, finish seminary during 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 that time in the Golden Dawn. Well, yeah. well in the inner order there, Rosea Rubea et Oria Puches. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, the leader of that order was doing some sketchy things and yeah it took them another six seven years to get rid of him to sort that out but but yeah the for for a lot of us the writing was on the wall a lot of the best adepts who i respected and and loved the most uh like we're just leaving like one after the other dominoes um and uh so yeah that was a big shift in yeah. life and uh finished seminary went over to uh ireland and you know, played music in a Celtic band. Yeah. Well, you know, so you I, I brought a lot of... Hmm? No, go. Go ahead. Hmm? I brought a lot of Hebrew Bibles and Hebrew texts with me, so I was continue keeping that alive and well as I uh, as I was also uh, starting my research on Evelyn Underhill for my doctoral dissertation. Yeah. And you yeah. actually connected with some OTO members while you were um and that was yeah you know um over over the years yeah like especially my last year uh, i was in belfast living there and had a girlfriend who lived in an oto oasis so i moved in there eventually for a while and and you know did some teaching and hanging out with the aa adepts mm -hmm. who uh yeah it was really cool to that was the first time i sort of opened my mind to oto and aa and even though it wasn't for me you know my girlfriend was a initiate and they were all initiates but they didn't know any of the gd stuff at all right um they sort of just read about it they might so you know and so they wanted me to teach that sort of stuff and uh, i did some like you know thoth invocations and other history lectures and you know theory and all of this sort of stuff um yeah that's when i realized we're all sort of studying the same stuff and the gd really is more of a magical school that you start and finish yeah. and uh and that's where it has value um to just keep keep doing that in its special role um yeah. you know now so when i learned about you teaching uh some members of the oto over in ireland what got me cur curious about that is is was that uh an ireland specific oto thing or was that oto in oh. general because i just assumed that OTO was, you know, a magical order and they're, and they're doing their magical teachings, da, 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 da. And it, it kind of sounds like maybe not. Um, again, it's better, it's better explained by someone who's been through it. I've never been to an OTO initiation. No. I mean, I, I went with Lon and Chris Bennett to one Gnostic mass in Vancouver um, and, uh, that's about it. Um, yeah, I, I haven't even read the theoretical material to see how they use the GD basis, uh, how it was used. Yeah. <clears throat> and when people reference, when I'm referring, you know, I'll reference a technique and one of my friends like Ryan on his, you know, or someone else will, will reference a, a Lieber Resch or whatever thing 
that, that thing is, you know, known in the OTO or AA. And uh, we can sort of talk about it. And then we, then I get to see some of the differences, but because I just, I, I, I the, the religiosity of it is, is something I don't feel is needed. And I definitely don't, don't want um, that, you know, sort of redefining things and, and reinterpreting them to a new religious movement is fine. Yeah. It's just not my cup of tea. Yeah. Um, I'm more interested in learning in, in learning the traditions as they, as they are. And yeah. then, yeah. Do you know, is the OTO and the AA, are they completely separate? <laughs> well, so there's different branches, different, different lineages of OTO and AA, and I'm not familiar with the differences between them. Um, I know there's, you know, the McMurdy one, McMurtry ones, Grady McMurtry, and I've, I've talked to some of his students and, um, I don't actually know the, the different lineages yeah. very yeah. well. Um, I know David Shoemaker, I think represents one and he was just on Ryan Villa's practice behind the obscure podcast. And uh, yeah, um, I talked to James Wasserman a few times, but again, I'm not up to date on what those, yeah. those yeah. branches are. I you just know, know there's different branches, like the people in Belfast were a different branch than the McMurtry one out right. of some okay. thing in England, okay. Okay. Uh, maybe Kenneth Grant stuff. I don't even know. Cause again, it wouldn't, it just didn't interest me. It's like, yeah. it's like, I, I love studying the Hebrew Bible and, and the Targums and the pseudepigrapha. But when I talk, I'm talking to a Hasidic rabbi or Jewish person, I'm never interested in how I might pra practice the religion. Um, I'm yeah. interested to hear about religious practices, but it's not a personal interest I have. Yeah. Um, so same with OTO. It's just like I wasn't looking to to pick up a religion at all. I was you know, quite happy uh, with Richard, how I was. Yeah, you know, Rich Kaczynski, he wrote um, Perdurabo. Yeah. Um, I'd like, <coughs> I um, we follow each other on Twitter, and um, I'd like to uh, hopefully. I don't know if he does podcasts or whatnot, but he's. I can email him. I, I talked to him a lot when I was coordinating Crowley Mass. Yeah, because I I. I ran that. Yeah, he seems he seems friendly. I mean, on, on Twitter, he seems really friendly. I'd like to interview him and and. Yeah, he's cool. He's a musician yeah, too. Because I mean, I'm not I'm not um, like Crowley interests me. Um, I I don't have any interest in in you know following Crowley A A O T O. He's fascinating, isn't he? No, he's completely fascinating. Yeah. But uh, you know, I, I like the AAOTO, the the FLEMA, like that doesn't interest me as a personal practice. But I'd I'd like to understand, especially with you, um, with your experience in in Ireland with uh, the OTO there, and they're like, well, we don't know this stuff. Can you teach us? I'm like, so I'd I'd like to I'd I'd like to understand the OTO more. So. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna reach out to him and yeah. see if he'll if he'll um, come on the the podcast. Um, well, I think I think if you if you want to get a real view of of some of the teaching problems in the OTO, you should yeah check out Marco Visconti's story. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And he's I, written I, extensively about uh, yeah. about what he what he's observed and yeah. So yeah, the info's well, out there. Yeah, and that's that's the thing too. Um, those are two completely different perspectives, and it would be good to have both of those perspectives. Um, you know, because because Richard is still 
you know, involved in the OTO where, where Marco isn't. So to have those two different perspectives would be uh, really good. Now, when I first um, met you, you were living in California at the ISIS Oasis. Yeah. Now, but I don't know how you, like why you moved there. Um, I've, I've heard you talk a bit about your, your time there, your experience. Well, I was teaching a, a weekly class there. I gave lectures, uh, classes on uh, Egyptian God forms at their big annual convocation in October. Um, after having taught there from the previous summer, um, after I finished the Europe and lectures I did in there, uh, around Europe and in England. And, uh, and then I did a retreat with Chris Bennett and did DMT and then went down to California. And right. uh, yeah, and I, I was, I was, you know, spending every day with like Arissa Victor, Paul Foster cases, uh, Jason Lauderhands, protege. Mm-hmm. And we were talking Boda going through all the her Boda material because she's 80, 82. And thought, yeah, I just, it was a magical environment and I was doing classes. None of the people who lived there were really that interested in it other than a couple, um, right. but people would drive in from the area and I had my girlfriend in Santa Rosa and uh, friends all throughout California. I have way more friends in the States than I do in Canada and always have. It's always been the case, um, especially in Canada. I think, I think that's the same with like all of us. It, yeah. All, yeah. All of us as I talk to Canadians. I talked to so many American Canadians like uh, like uh, Sarah and some other um, who are like magicians who are, mm-hmm. live in America, who are but are from Canada. Yeah, like tons of them, tons yeah. of them. And I'm like, the reason you left Canada is great. Yeah, Canada is great, but you love America. It's like, yeah, nothing's happening. Nothing, nothing's happening in Canada, and yeah. they're all like, yeah, there's just no one there. Yeah. So it's like, especially if you're involved in any of these niche practices and scholar scholarly pursuits, there's just not many people around. Yeah, like there's not really anyone who wants to take it that seriously in it seems sometimes in any of the provinces to be honest like because yeah. otherwise why aren't we doing something i mean yeah. groups small groups are doing things within themselves and that's good yeah you do your thing yeah. but like i guess uh yeah you know we don't have events and conferences and retreats like they do in the no. states for no. our niches i mean i i think of myself living here in thunder bay in the province of ontario and i'm like i should move to southern ontario but even then it's like uh like it would it almost sounds like it like feels like it would be more sense for me to move to british columbia but at the same time it's still like but i mean if if you're you may as well go back to texas or something well yeah if you're moving for your esotericism then you're moving to the states and I would mm-hmm. have better luck moving back because I lived in Texas for years and I had a, I, I lived in, in Houston and Austin. Loved it. Oh, I'd, I'd, I'd move back to Houston in a split second. Uh, yeah. And I, I would have more luck moving back to Texas of all places, um, <clears throat> anywhere in Canada, if I wanted to be a little bit more um, immersive in in my esotericism but okay so what for for your move to isis oasis sanctuary sanctuary was that isis oasis yeah sanctuary yeah um, um yeah 
how did that like where did that come from where you're like yeah i'm gonna move there for 14 oh months. just it, it all worked together um it all just sort of flowed together uh with a mixture of opportunities um yeah to you know go be near my girlfriend and work at a magical retreat center that came out of like love of deal and fortune and builders of the additum mixed mm-hmm. with paganism that was connected with fellowship of vices which like as we we both had written you know yeah. we were both in our hearts like sort of priests of the egyptian gods for our whole lives in these yeah. in this way i mean the first tarot deck i ever wanted was an egyptian one for sure this idea of egyptian like <clears throat> you know if there is a sophia perennis that this underlying wisdom i mean a large chunk of it it does come from egypt and i like i focus a lot more on the akkadian stuff and hebraic stuff partly because there's just already an overwhelming amount of focus on the egyptian and i would more just absorb that rather than try and you know pay much attention to plus you know the linguistic roots are tricky to get into unlike the akkadian which is a semitic language which i already know yeah and so staying in that my semitic landscape is helpful but that that Egyptian priestly vibe is is very much part of the you know the imagination of these this tradition of Rosicrucian hermetic magician priests you know magi you know but the ideal is is a is a beautiful one the mm-hmm. idea of these people that that looked at the stars and nature and learned to read it as a book and pass on that wisdom <clears throat> expanding their knowledge as far as they could um, to the development of all science that we have today comes out of these magicians and shamans essentially. Um, and, but some of those people still investigate the outer limits of our knowledge and the interdimensionalities of it and all of these things from spiritual praxis to uh, psychedelics and entheogens and, you know, UFOs. Yeah. Yeah. The limits of knowledge is a fascinating, fascinating place to explore. And that's uh, that's uh, deep within that I think occult current of that 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 quest for learning or for truth. You yeah. know, we're not accepting the re- the truth as it's presented to us because we know it just we know from looking at history that it's never as ultimate as it seems in its own time. And therefore, what's beyond that, and yeah. what can we look to beyond that? I think that's a very important mentality for us to have. Yeah, not be limited by all these current structures. I mean none of these structures matter like the kabbalah the tree of life uh you know the grimoires the golden dawn wicca any of these structures they actually none of them matter it's one of the things you know uh one of the things steiner tried to do was remove some of them and remove reference to them when he taught <clears throat> and use as few ter- terms as he had to to communicate the same ideas so you know even though he was trained in the magical lodges in germany and forms of masonry and all of that stuff um, and really he was trained in the same teachings of the people that did precede the golden dawn, like for sure. Like mm-hmm. there, we know there was definitely magical lodges in Germany, lots of them. And, yeah. uh, that is what the golden dawn comes out of. However, it fucking happened. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Um, it's the same, same content. I mean, uh, <clears throat> yeah. So none of these structures matter. I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a human reality behind it all. There's, there's, it's just reality. There's whatever makes us us, and and as useful as these these structures are, they're they're tools of understanding and experience. Mm-hmm. And but it's the it's the understanding and the experience that that's the important thing, not the structures. And yeah. people need to remember that too. They're provisional at best. 
Yeah. And, and fun to play with and fun. To, it's fun oh, to build course. tools and dress up and all this stuff. But the, it's like, like, like cutting the, cutting the branch of the hazel tree on the full moon or whatever it is. <clears throat> that is important. Yeah. But what's more important is the experience that enters into your soul from doing it. Right. And then the contemplation of that experience is what takes you to the level above that. And then the experience of that place is what you focus on. You're mm -hmm. not always focusing on that initial step up the ladder. You're focusing on the next step up the ladder. Right. Yeah. 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 It's uh, we live in a, in an exciting world, really. You know, it can be, I can be, I mean, it is, we have to, we have to, it's a choice. I think yeah. uh, no. you can, you can be on the street, you know, jacking cars and murdering each other uh, for fun. Yeah. Or, or for views, or you could, you know, I don't know, dedicate yourself to ancient Greek virtues and develop relationships with spirits and try and evoke Oberion, king of the Fae, and just see what happens. Oh, yeah. How, have you uh, read through that book? Are you still <clears throat> working through no, it? No, I'm, I'm using, right now I've just been doing a study, a comparative study of invisibility rituals across different systems okay. um out of my own curiosity might um, that sort of thing might make its way into a book but that's sort of a personal study i try to keep a little bit of time for just personal studies that are of interest to me like the last few days i've been comparing elemental theories and studies and practices to put together in a public free lecture that's happening tomorrow and mm. people will go to that and stuff and that'll be good wait uh, what's this public lecture well i do free public monthly free monthly lectures on my hermetic mystery school.com hermetic so everyone can do com. Yeah. and you do the free lecture once a month correct yeah there's a free cyber guild and then sometime every month that whenever i'm feeling it i do a, a monthly free lecture right. and then there's weekly classes for uh paying members but the monthly one is just a free lecture and, uh, and if and you attend it live if you yeah. attend it live if you don't attend it live you have to like pay a few bucks to download it by me Buy me a glass of wine. Yeah, and the the cyber guilds. Um, <clears throat> so people go on to uh, the website, which is say it again, hermeticmysteryschool.com.com yeah. and sign up for the um, for Log, the yeah um, join join hermetic cyber guild yeah or okay. join the initiate level, which doesn't mean there's any initiation, but it's for people pursuing self initiation or right. independent study. Who are yeah. outside of an order or for some people if they're in an order and just want extra teachings because their orders are often notoriously bad at zoom classes and, and serving their members they have been since my time and that's never really changed there was a brief yeah. period at temple tahuti where we were a beacon of a high functioning temple and that pulled all the other temples in the order to follow our example like jesus christ how fucking hard are you guys working there we're like what are you talking about yeah you know we're <clears throat> run by six seven air signs founded by a virgo and then run by seven air sign adepts first a gemini then a aquarius then another aquarius then me an aquarius and then a gemini then a libra and then we closed <laughs> that's temple the hootie baby yeah <laughs> like that's how we did that all yeah. that founded with virgo you but whatever and then you know so airy but the initiations weren't fabulous they were just like the all the ceremonies we did was just crazy it was just so powerful 
And all <clears throat> the photos on your uh, Frater RC Instagram. Uh, I would never page. post photos online. What are you talking about? Uh, oh, is that a secret? Because it's on your Instagram. Um, uh, it is private. It is private just for my friends. Really? It It's a private page. Yeah, you, you know, it's a private page. But, you know, there's a couple thousand people following me. You know. Oh, I didn't realize you had it set to private. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't notice oh. unless you tried to unfollow yeah. Well, then how did we connect? Um, I think in the early, before, 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 like this whole uh, crazy social media world went down, it was public in 2017, oh. 2018. Yeah. We connected through Instagram. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there was times where I tried to make it public, but. Um, oh, okay. Okay. But, you know, like spammed like to death. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, if I'm getting 20 messages a day from people trying to sell me pot, I'm like, I'm from British Columbia and you're trying to sell me pot yeah. from Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like we got DMT and acid too. I'm like, I'm from British Columbia. Plus who is insane enough to order drugs across an international border? Yeah. I wouldn't even order them locally. I would never trust the mail service or any of that stuff. Plus I don't do illegal drugs anyways. All that shit's legal here. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I obviously only do the legal things. Yeah. Drugs here. No, it's well, here in BC. It's peyote and 5-MeO DMT. That's legal. Yeah. In Canada, in Canada for us in our country. Yeah. 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 And like we have like a silly, we have a mushroom dispensary opened up now in town here. And yeah. that's going to happen more and more. Mushroom oh, dispensaries yeah. opening up across yeah. Canada. Um, yeah. Because it's decriminalized now. Um, yeah. So they're going to start operating on the limits of the law and then they're going to eventually make a law. Well, that's just like with uh, the uh, uh, pot dispensaries. I mean, you yeah. know, it was, it was that gray area and, you know, all these dispensaries opening up and, you know, it wasn't quite legal, but it wasn't quite illegal, but it kind of was illegal. And now it's completely <clears throat> illegal. Now the next stop is mushrooms and it's going to be that gray area. Then it's going to be completely legalized and, you know, we'll get there. I, it yeah. takes time. It takes time. <clears throat> you know, these people that they want to go from zero to 100 and that's not how life works. It's baby steps. Everything is baby steps. Yeah. You know, you, you got to take a <clears throat> step at a time. Um, yeah. I think my whole life in BC, like since like I was maybe pretty young, like de definitely a kid, there's always been a place like I didn't smoke weed till I, was, I didn't even try it till I was 24, but um, there's always been a place here and there still is, there's still places you can go in, buy it and just smoke it right there. Yeah. And so that's, that's, I've always had a very different perspective of it than the rest of the world. Yeah. And that's your reality. Right. Yeah. And another reason why I don't need all these people, like just spamming me, trying to sell me this stuff. Cause I use hashtag entheogen. Yeah. But, Oh yeah. yeah so, so, that's so, right. so I have to like, you know, yeah, I, I, I block more people than I have to let in just cause I'm not, or like the sex, the sex workers trying yeah. like, you know, Oh, like, you oh. Know. I'm like, bitch, read the room. I'm like, come on. Like, you're wasting your time. Well, they're spam bots, right? I think they're automated mostly. Well, I don't course. think, I think most yeah. of them are using automation. So. Yeah. I mean, it's not, so, like yeah, it's, a, it's, person. it's unfortunate the internet's such a shit show right now. Yeah. yeah. It's really become one of the worst, worst, worst versions of itself at the moment. And I think it's going to get worse until it gets better. Oh, it's, um, no, it's going to get a whole lot worse. Yeah. I mean, you know, people talk like like it's it, it's the end of the world 
online right now. No, it's just the beginning. It's just, yeah. the beginning. you know, there was a brief period where like pre-social media, where if you wanted to interact with people like, like live, sort you know, cause you know, you had those um, news, what are they called news groups or, or something like that, where you would post, but, but then we had forums where it was kind of a little bit more like live in time. Um, that yeah. was good, you know, because you had to, you know, join the forum and it was, you know, like, you're a druid you want to join a druid forum to talk so you join a druid forum yeah we spent a lot of time on those like we had the forums for like the outer order for portals and for inner order i actually printed out thousands of pages of those forums like thousands of pages i I have printed out in my files my life was work like if i wasn't working or with my friends I'm on my, my, well, especially my, my old bar forum because you could have intelligent conversation. You can't <clears throat> have intelligent conversation on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, you know, um, uh, like the big thing on Twitter, uh, especially since last summer with um, George, George Floyd, being killed and then you had all the BLM protests is um, you know close practices and cultural appropriation which is a thing and it's a thing worth talking about and a thing to be addressed but I don't get into that the conversation of close practices and cultural appropriation on Twitter or Instagram or any other social media site because no one is interested in intelligent conversation there you know they you know what i mean like 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 these are conversations that need to be had just not on twitter um because like what's the point of having or attempting a an intelligent conversation on twitter like you and i will be talking on twitter and some jackass comes in and says something stupid you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's not, you know, and that's why, like, um, I mean, follow me on Twitter, you know, search Lay Logan's Alwyn and follow me on Twitter. But I mean, I'm boring on Twitter because what's the point of having conversation on there? It's just, yeah. you know, like there's, a, there's a, a few of you that'll have an intelligent response. And then it's just a bunch of idiots Oh, tarot is a close practice. Only the Romani, only the Romani <laughs> yeah. can can use tarot. Uh, so you're using a culturally offensive stereotype created in the 19th century in French literature about gypsies to say that only Romani can use tarot. Like you're a racist and you don't even realize it yeah that, that's you're the just, that's the cognitive just, disconnect going on with this whole uh sort of mm-hmm. way of thinking that we see mm-hmm. across the spectrum right now is is like yeah they're create like like when they tried to cancel the orcs in dungeons and dragons they said that orcs are racist yeah because they're like black people and their people are like what do you mean they're like well the orcs are are dirty and brutish and thuggish 
and therefore they're obviously meant to represent black people. And we're like, okay, so you don't see what you just said there. You don't see what you just did. They don't see what they just did. They don't no, see I, it. There's yeah. a cognitive yeah. dissonance. I am always up for the conversation. Okay, so if if you say, okay, the the idea of orcs are racist, okay. Oh, okay, so you made that statement. The idea of orcs are racist. Now, explain to me why, because I don't know why. So explain to me. So can you do it? Can you explain that intelligently to me? Um, or yeah, they couldn't. Like, so, or, or are you like, well, orcs are, are dirty and dumb, so obviously they're black people. Did you just hear what you just said? Yeah, that's what they said. Said, and unfortunately, enough people reacted with like shock and laughter that yeah. that sort of quelled down yeah. because that would have been a really ridiculous thing for us to have run with and, and accept. And see, that's the problem with social media because, um. You know, it was interesting because when all of the BLM protests started going on, a call Twitter, what? No, 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 not a call Twitter. White a call Twitter were tripping over themselves to be the most um, BLM white person in the room. Like, I'm not one of those white people. I'm one of the cool white people. And they totally took over the conversation. They drowned out all the black voices. And then they're like, BLM, 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 um, buy a ticket to my virtual occult convention um, of all white presenters. Or, yeah. or buy a ticket to my occult convention with my, all my all white plus one black presenter. And I'm like, your actions aren't meeting up with your words. And then it just got really ridiculous. Like I said, like, you know, all of these people like, oh, uh, uh, tarot is a close practice. Um, the Romani people, which used to be called gypsies never they weren't terror readers you know what i mean like yeah like that that was a that was a uh 19th century creation in french literature so you as a white person trying to present yourself as being one of the cool white people used a culturally offensive stereotype yeah <laughs> as part of your woke logic yeah, woke, it's, yeah it, it's, woke logic. you know so it's it's hard to have an intelligent conversation on 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 social media and so i miss the forums i joined um hiro which is like an like um it's social media but it's it's membership only uh, it's an occult social club online and the discourse on there versus any other social media is night and day because like everyone is, is an occultist of some form there, whether they, they call themselves a witch or a magician or whatever. Yeah. But 
we're all there to have the conversation, not to one up each other or or be more cool and you know what I mean? Like it, it's completely yeah. different. So, you know, you want to have intelligent conversation. That is the closest you can get to forums nowadays. Go you know, it's interesting. It makes, it makes me think about the fact that, um, you know, back with forum days, the only way you could prove um, sort of your standing was by using your words to express knowledge. Yeah. And, and, and insight, not just copy and paste, like sharing, if you, how many PDFs you shared, if you, that, we couldn't do that, of course, that wasn't a thing back then, but, but like how many, how big your hard drive is of occult stuff didn't matter what pictures you posted or what alters or you arranged didn't matter. There was none of that on the forums. It was just writing. So what was your insight into the thing? And if you couldn't write it out very clearly and very well, um, people would just write you off. Yeah, absolutely. Like that was the only standard. That was yeah. the only standard. Yeah. I mean, and even expressing the same idea as someone else, it was, again, how well do you express that idea? How do you phrase it? How do you yeah. see it? Yeah. And uh, that was the only litmus test for someone's quality. And, and uh, that was good because I think a lot of the cream did rise to the top in those days. Absolutely. And, you know, the, the, there's a, a couple, like, Golden Dawn groups that I belong to on Facebook. Um that there's the golden okay you're you're on one of them uh the golden dawn yeah i was yeah edward uh, made me a moderator to his golden dawn universe and one that, and then i made then i made john chacks a moderator and then he made some other people moderators just so that we could share the workload because we're yeah, all sort of in, from the same background. yeah so there's that one and there's another one that i belong to and they're relatively good, but every time someone asks a question, even though it's it's you know it's a group that you have to join and be approved, someone asks a question and you get that person. Oh, if you have to ask the question, you're not ready. Yeah, those if are you, not okay. Anyway. You know what? Just then, if you're if you can't answer the question, don't comment at all. There's yeah well yeah there's thousands of people on those groups yeah. so so you're gonna get some some a, yeah. share, a so percentage even, of dum dums yeah so even in a closed group you still get those idiot like any question any comment you you have those two or three people if you have to ask the question you you're not ready blah 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 blah, blah, blah. it's like oh. Why? Like, why? Why? Like, why are they? Not, uh, yeah. Can we not just have our forms back? Can, yeah, can, you know. You know, I, another thing about that the the pro, the you know problematic issue with the Facebook groups is the the information once it gets written down doesn't stay well organized. So yeah. with the forms, it was a lot easier, I think, in my memory, to to file and organize the information. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whereas Facebook purposefully wants, he wants the same stuff being recycled over and over yeah. again. Yeah. It doesn't want to give you a searchable, a highly searchable archive of info. No. Um, I mean, it, it sort of does, but not in a good way. It's just, it's very, yeah. I mean, all these social media platforms are so, so toxic and it's not because how we just, just because of how we misused them or how we use them. It's not. It's because they got and they changed and became engineered to be toxic. Of and course. we got to remember that. 
Yeah, because you know they, it's it's not actually all our fault. Yeah, it's it's really not. They were made. They're increasingly upgraded and made to for that purpose. And so yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's one of the big, I think, evils of our time that we and have you know, to. Uh, yeah, and the thing about that somehow is that sounds like a conspiracy theory, but we know it's not. You know, we yeah. we've read the articles, we've listened to the congressional hearings, like we know that these social media companies aren't here for us, you know, N- not the way, cause we built our forums forums. They, they were just, a, yeah. they were just a, like a, a, a program, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and we built them the way we wanted them, but social media were, were, it's just like marionettes and, I hate talking about yeah. it like that because I'm I'm I I don't like sounding conspiracy theorist, but in this regard, like we know that that's not conspiracy theory. Like we know the way yeah. we're being manipulated by the people that control these social media um, uh, platforms, and uh, but we just don't care. We just we we throw out our hot takes and we feel like we're adepts because we typed up our hot take of the day. You know, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. We we have to learn how to communicate and we're, we're slowly losing that ability. Yeah. I mean, it's, we're fighting an uphill battle and and we have to renegotiate, I think how we dialogue as a race. Yeah, um, and I think that'll be a long conversation. Oh, go beyond our beyond our lifetime for sure. Before we come to some sort of re-equilibrium in the new Aquarian age after Pluto's gotten its ass out of Uranus or wherever the fuck it is right now. Yeah, Pluto's like it's it's on its way out, but Pluto is just really causing a lot of turmoil. And once it's, it it'll settle down in a way, but it'll get worse first. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not something that's going to be resolved in our lifetime. And what's interesting is when it fixes it, when it fixes, when it does finish moving through its transit into Aquarius and, and fixes, then uh, however things are is how they'll be for a very, very long time. So, yeah. uh, so we actually are at this. It's a crucial time for us to take responsibility for how we want things to be and, and speak up and speak out and do this kinds of thing that we're doing like just Ooh. just this form of conversation we're having is a form of of uh of subversion of, yeah. of every other form of media that that um doesn't provide the same kind of context and depth uh as this yeah. you know it yeah. just doesn't like this is very real there were very real conversations there have just two people talking one person opening a bottle of wine I'll create an astral gateway and you can pour it through the screen into my mouth. I'm, um, I'm not, I'm not opening up a second bottle of wine. That's not what's happening here. That's not what's happening on the screen. No, you're just, uh, you're just giving no. your cat a lobotomy. No, um, this is social media. So whatever I say is going on is, is, is going on. And I'm definitely not opening <clears throat> up a second bottle of wine. What I'm doing as a matter of fact is the, LBRP. Now, <coughs> the gods have arrived in liquid form. 
and you can hear them arrive. It's definitely not a second bottle of wine. Are you playing with your nipples? No. There we go. I just, uh, Pulled out a bag of mushrooms. Ah, wow. For a microdose. So you have um, been, well, I don't know if I should say experimenting, um, but you've been working with entheogens. Yeah. Um, Which really intrigues me because I come from the same school as you, 90s Wicca where um everything is love and light and and we don't do anything bad and drugs are bad so we would never do entheogens so i i've i've listened to you talk about your experiences and they intrigue me and i i definitely fight with my whole well drugs are bad um mentality like in like with spirituality uh just because i i went through so many years of that whole you know like wicca is so good and, and chaste and blah 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 and just publish my book and accept us good christians in the world um yeah that th- th- we it definitely had to be presented that way at that yeah, time yes yeah so um you know, like, so I'm definitely open to, to, you know, the reality of things. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't think I would do DMT or mushrooms on my own. Um, just to be on the safe side. Yeah, um, there's a, there's a process to these things. Like yeah. A, you know. Yeah, but but like your experiences and you've 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 spoken about them um, are intriguing. Yeah, well, and I feel I'm very much still only at the beginning of that journey. Right. Um, it took some time to understand uh, first the different uh, plant medicines, and then to see you know like first I first the first thing I I did was learn to use them for healing. Mm-hmm. and apply them to my own life and that started with with cannabis and then moved on and uh yeah the the role of psilocybin and eventually changa and dmt and 5meo uh just really seeing how they interact with rituals is fascinating it, it can be exhausting mm-hmm. to not only do the trip like especially if you're taking like five grams of mushrooms right or more um and then you know, like my last experiment with psilocybin was like that from sunset to sunrise and nonstop ritual and experimentation um, with different th- scrying tools, different invocational things. And I mean, if you ever, I'm a bit like you, a fan of, I came from sober magic and a sobriety in general, a sober lifestyle, like, you know, people like Franz Barden, many other magicians 
I'll, I'll say that that's very important. Right. But then, you know, you read some Phil Hine and some, some chaos magic, and you're like, oh, maybe there's this other thing. Then you read about the redacted history of entheogens in, in spiritual practice and among the hashishin of the Rosicrucian and Masonic orders. Yeah. And all just the, you're like, oh, this is actually a part of this Western mystery tradition. Yeah. And we've ignored it for so long. And then you read about like Dee and Kelly probably, you know, using entheogens in their work. And then, then you take a lot of mushrooms many, many times and you start seeing letters or shapes that look a lot like the Enochian letters mm-hmm. and you hear voices and everyone hears these voices. Everyone hears this talking, this dialect, whether it's in, it's the same dialect in, in Changa and in DMT and in psilocybin, they're hearing similar things. And cause you all talk to other people who have done the, lots of times large amounts and they know what i'm talking about I'm yeah. like you know the voice like the voice they're like yeah like what is that they're like it's like the language the language yeah. the it's language like this this yeah. yeah it's like the language can, can i can we we don't have to pause i'm just gonna i forgot my my my, my soda over there do you want one second yeah i'm just gonna grab my soda yeah go for it You know, but you know, I kind of get feel, that funky mushroom taste out of my mouth. Yeah, I kind of feel stupid in a way because to believe that no one did psychedelics back in the day, you know, we love pagans and witches love to say oh we love the old ways we love the old ways but psychedelics oh no 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 we would never do that it doesn't make any sense and i'm a clinical herbalist yeah so think about it in all these ancient cultures they were they were putting opium and other and cannabis into wines and drinking them every sunday and getting wasted and having orgies this was common stuff ancient israelites were burning massive amounts of cannabis and acacia on their altars to talk to yahweh putting their heads in cannabis and acacia leaf smoke to yeah you know talk to yahweh and yeah like i i went to school i became a clinical herbalist but and like learning about poisons like i can yeah. i can i can kill you um but heaven forbid i should give you a hallucinogenic experience like it you know upon reflection it it just doesn't make any sense i get the the whole 80s 90s love and light you know were 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 so you know, gentle and not harmful, like the 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 search for acceptance thing, you know, in, in the publishing world. Um, I, I get that, but it really created this whole um, unrealistic sort of history yeah. of, of, of paganism. And you, you learn, like if you, FYI, people out there, if you want to learn the history of of paganism, whatever culture and whatever era, don't go looking for it from a a pagan author. Like, read an actual historian. 
so you can get a better idea of the truth. Yeah. The and tr- even then you'll struggle to find out the actual well, truth, especially with the saying, redaction like, of the actual truth, but a better yeah. idea of the truth. For sure. Because uh, at least, you know, a historian that is focusing on, you know, the, the ritual use of, of drugs in ancient Greece is actually going to talk about it where as a Wiccan author from the nineties was like, well, that never happened. We don't do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, 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 I still haven't done any sort of hallucinogenic, you know, in ritual, anything like that. Just so that's what, that's what, that's what blew me away was to, okay. I I wasn't sure if there would, if they would interact or if they would disconnect, if there would be a disconnect. Um, So the first time I, I used, um, was using cannabis uh, with an with the Enochian ether with Lon Milo, and that was a very radical experience. However, the main thing I noticed from the cannabis was it made it harder for me to focus because right. I'm used to um, activating those those things, like whether it's scrying or traveling in the spirit vision. And this one was a full traveling experience. As in, like I was not, I, I couldn't move my arms or legs. My body right. was numb, um, and I was I was there. I was gone, and um, but normally I use my will, right? Will and imagination is what I use. And so the cannabis did make it harder to focus my will, which made it harder to sort of guide and control myself. The, the whole working was incredibly successful by very, very real standards. Um, but then as I explored more into, uh, into psilocybin and, and DMT, um, to, to see, well, DMT is a trickier one. It took me longer to get my footings there at all. And it, it's, it never ceases to be sort of terrifying. Um, but with psilocybin, the way that it, it they, this, the, what the environment, like you're seeing the spirits physically with your eyes open, not with any sort of special sight just there. And yeah. to the extent that you think that I think if someone else in the ritual environment was there with me, they'd see exactly, I'm curious now if they'd see exactly what I'm seeing. Right. Or if they'd see something else. But what I noticed was there was no disconnect between the psilocybin effect and the ritual I was doing. In fact, there was complete harmony. And I could see like physically over the altar when I, you know, you create the, the, the vortex. And once that's done and stuff's on the altars, I could see what all of a sudden Aaron Leach means about the spirits want to interact. They want to come in to crystals. And Ashen Chassan says that well as well. Shout out to Ash Chassis. Um, they all say that. But this was the first time that with my eyes open, no astral sight needed, just physical eyes, you could see the spirits spiraling down. And in fact, they were smiling in something I didn't want there, but I didn't expect them to do that. So I was like having to move around quite quickly and, and deal with things. Um, and that was fascinating to actually see them. And like, I was on such a large dose of mushrooms as well, right? Like right. beyond, a, you know, seriously heroic dose. Like also the whole ceiling was different veils of colored lights and there'd be little doorways or portals start to open up. And if I focused on a single one and directed my will at it, it would open and I would go into it in a very in full like again full eyes open full spectrum thing and the rest every ritual i did that night every little operation and every experiment was all very visual and powerful that can be an amazing thing for someone to experience yeah sometimes yeah sometimes yeah because you it makes you aware of the fact that this is what's happening all the time you're just not seeing it right right these these that's the gift of the the puka hat so the, the the fungi gives us this this insight this this mystery alchemical 
thing. That's what it is. These are these tools have been being used for a very long time. Um, and so to explore the Western mystery tradition without entheogens in it is to sort of like, you know, have have sex with a castrated man. Right. Yeah. 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 Maybe it can still work, but it's just not the same once those balls are clipped. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I just, I, you know, it's not something that I think I would want to do by myself without. Yeah, I think it's for special occasions. No, yeah. but yeah, for special occasions. But I don't think it's something I would want to do by myself just because, I, you know, I, I'm not I'm not a part of drug culture. Like, yeah, I, well, I, I, I listen to some of my friends talk about, you know, the different types of weed and and. Oh, mushrooms, this, and it just sounds like I have no idea about this shit. So I don't know, like, should I do this on my, like, do I just take mushrooms and hope for the best? Or do I do this with someone that's done? Yeah. It? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's, you, you build up, you want to build yeah. up uh, through yeah. and familiarity with the, with the medicine, for sure. There's always a, you want the introductory experiences which are usually with which are usually you know shepherded yeah. um, with a some form of shaman or friend or coworker, yeah. um, and and it's only once you're comfortable in that environment that you would even begin yeah. to consider taking it into the solo space. Now, yeah. is is there tremendous wonder in that? Absolutely, but it's it's quite it's um it's years down the road. Like for me, I I didn't begin to explore it like the that that was like you know, 12, 13 years of just that introductory phase of yeah. getting to know these things, right? And, and you know, the light and the dark sides of them before you can then start to try and incorporate them into a ritual setting. I think you could be taught to incorporate them into a ritual setting early on. I think that would be a healthy thing and that's something our cultures have lost a lot. And, yeah. uh, you know, that's why I'm including them in alternate versions of each of the five Celtic mysteries initiations. Each one will have a different entheogen associated with oh, it. Oh, interesting. Uh, okay. You know, up through peyote and 5-MeO and, you know, okay. starting with building up like cannabis, psilocybin, all these things in an alternate form of that ritual that could right. be done in an environment where that's allowed. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and for only if people want to go through a second version of that ceremony. Right. right. Um, that's, that's a that's a big intention. So building, and especially since Yates had, had a, had a love of peyote and he would get together with Maud gone and do peyote and they would shag and stuff. Alleged they're supposed to have never shagged, but they did shag lots yeah. as you can see in their letters. Um, so, uh, you know, he, he loved cannabis even more. He loved hashish. He was a, Yates was a true Rosicrucian hashishine. If ever there was one in the 20th century. Yeah. Um, people should understand that. And look what he did with his life. So you want proof of the great work. There's a guy who never stopped. He even went to his student with Westcott, William and Westcott and Yates went to their student, Dr. Falcon, for their six equal five and seven equal four initiations that they didn't really have that much of a part of writing. I mean, yeah. Mathers wrote some versions, but but Falcon, the Falcons did their own, more or less, I think. Again, I'm not the expert on that. And uh, so these were humble guys willing to just keep doing the mysteries and keep doing the work. How many people have that kind of longevity in this work and actually see it through their whole lives and keep unearthing treasures out of this spirituality. But that's who this spirituality is for. It's for those people. And if you are like that kind of person, then you're going to get a lot out of this. Yeah. Um, yeah as they did. And they did an amazing, you know, Gates, amazing guy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Dr. Felton, uh, he 
moved from England to uh, New Zealand. Yeah. And, and started the Smaragdum Talasis yeah. Farirat Temple. Yeah. And uh, thanks to him, um, an actual unbroken line of, of the Golden Dawn survived into uh, the modern times. Yeah, and it's still going on. Yeah, today, if yeah. you if you want to look for that group, they're out there. They're out there. They're out there. If you can find them, if you, they're there. It's but, exciting. You know, it, it really is exciting, though. I, you know, I love the idea. It, you know, because everyone, every, you know, esoteric historian, oh, the Golden Dawn died and 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 shut down and there's there's no lineage and da 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 and then all of a sudden it's like hey guess what surprise <laughs> look yeah. what we've been doing for the past hundred years i love it i love yeah it. well mo- yeah i mean in some in some areas there was and in some some places the the sort of the, it only dissolved in for a while you know and, and so yeah. there's just like yeah so many so many options different uh versions of it out there for people um yeah it's it's a it's there and uh yeah (laughs) that's all there is to it um i i would hope they work more together or or, uh continue to work more together and um yeah i hope for you know especially more more events yeah internationally when that's possible to happen would be would be fun i think i think it's a shame like you'll have um, in a city, you'll have no temple, right? No initiating temple, but you would have enough members to create one if you took those members from across all the different yeah. gold owners that have members in that yeah. city. Yeah. So if if they were allowed to build a temple together, that would be really cool. Yeah. I mean, these orders are similar enough that they could, a lot of them work together. Yeah, um, And put a lot of the BS aside. Um, yeah going under Cicero's umbrella is not a bad thing because he's sort of a, they're, they're a chill leadership mm-hmm. that don't, you know, but same as uh, Sedalitas, they're, they're pretty chill as well. Again, because it's so fragmented, it stays very small. And, uh, and uh, that's, that's also not so bad. And then there's no, and I mean, we talked about this. I, you yeah, know, we do. We talk I, about this all the time. I, I like the idea of, of the Golden Dawn not being popular because I think the thing is, is that the Golden Dawn, now you know every every order will add to change their 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 teaching but there's still that core yeah that like that fundamental like uh like system and it's good it it works it's effective if the golden dawn was a fad it's the in thing that everyone needed to join, then you're going to get a dilution of, of the training. And that's not good because you're getting, you're going to be, you're going to end up with the um, uh, uh, grades for pay. Like if you have the money, you get the, the title, like you're a magister Templi if you can pay for it, you know, and no one wants that. Yeah, I was I was really, really, really glad that um that wasn't the case when I joined. Yeah. I was really glad that it that it was it was um, very much as far as I could tell a meritocracy in which you you learn the material, you you pass at 95% and then you went on. 
Um, and it's a shame when, when, when that ever gets diluted. Yeah. Um, and that's why, you know, it's probably good for temples to stay like sort of under a hundred members yeah. and, uh, and, and focus on just serving those members. And if you need more, like, yeah, I don't know. Especially right it's, now, uh, because we're, we're not in a, uh, a meritocracy society right now. Like, uh, you get a participation. Yeah, that shifted real fast, didn't it? You get a participation <laughs> trophy. Like, you're a loser, you lost, you're in the last place, but you get a trophy because we don't want you to feel bad. Um, I'm sorry, call me old. Uh, that, that's fine. Um, um, but, like, you either, like, you studied hard, you got your A, you didn't study, you got your E. Like, yeah. I'm not giving you an A to make you feel good because you didn't feel like, but you didn't feel like studying. You know what I mean? So the the Golden Dawn just isn't the, like, oh, no, we're going to make you a Magister Templi because that's the nice thing to do. Yeah, that's not something even that's traditional Golden Dawn. Like Golden Dawn oh, traditionally no. ends, ends at five equals six, right? No, but but it was it was the Falcons that did develop those point. grades. That's yeah, my, they that's, did develop those grades, yeah. though. Yeah, yeah, that's my did. point. You're not going to get a magister magister Templi because that's the nice thing to do. Yeah, no, that's, certainly not. No, you know, um, and so I, you know, the the Golden Dawn has no worry right now. The way society is right now of being diluted because no one's gonna join these people aren't going to join uh, an order where you actually have to put in the work and, and earn, yeah. earn and earn your place, you know? Um, Cause that's what the golden dawn is. And it's, it's not, it's not a coddling society, you know? No, no, it, it really isn't like, like yeah. uh, it's, it, you, you, you sort of, if you, if you're not being studied, studious and, and practicing the rituals, you find yourself sort of feeling on, on the outskirts real fast, yeah. just because you don't have, you no longer are sharing the thing in common that yeah. everyone is there for. Um, and some people try and do that, make it sort of a social club, but it doesn't work very well. Yeah. Not, you know, whereas, whereas it does work very well in a lot of groups and a lot of groups don't even have like, you know, um, they don't even want study or to learn or grow. That's yeah. something I've encountered as I've gone to a lot of places and, and, uh, there's more into the trappings and the titles yeah. um, and not actually, you know, drinking the potion and going deep. And uh, yeah. So, you know, you just keep moving along and, and finding the people that do care. And there's a lot yeah. of us that do do the work out there. We're just a bit more silent because we're like busy trying to do we're, it. And, we're busy doing the work. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to. Yeah. 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 We're in, we're in a strange environment for that now. So it's uh it's a new online world and who knows, but yeah, I think we're in a new age of mystery schools, and I think that's what we're going to see on the rise. Because the what's what's the difference between um a lot of you know more than ever we're seeing the difference between religions, uh, and be unveiled uh, as they're just all cults. Like the Roman Catholic Church is a really big, you know, globally recognized cult. Um, yeah. and, uh, has, you know, the same, if not more problems, as a lot of the small ones, it always speaks, it, you know, it's always, it's always about the people in it and what they're up to. 
And I like the methodologies of, of you know, sort of reshaping your group every few years. Like Nino yeah. Shadrach does that with his group. Like they change their name, they change their format, but they're a small enough group to, to manage that. Um, I like some other practices like uh, Fred or Yeshi has to, with their order, um, uh, which is the Hermetic Society, the Society of the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn based out of, you know, Victoria. Um, they, you're not allowed to, no one who's related to or friends with you outside of the order can join once you have. And that's a very, that's so a very good rule. Um, they don't allow like, yeah. So like if, so for me, my family and friends would not have been allowed to join after me. And had that been, had that rule been in place in our order, Temple Tehuti never would have fallen. Right. I would have continued running Temple Tehuti without a problem. How long. Okay. So how long is that enforced for? Like at what point would your family and or friends be able to join? They can't. At all. No. That's wow. that's what Fratarieshi does. And it's interesting. Probably why they're still around. Yeah. That's interesting. And they, they learned some lessons with uh with you know my old protege who then tried to schism them like he schismed us. Yeah. Um and uh yeah. Um, so that's a good practice. That's a good I mean, it, that it makes, prevents people that, from bringing in their from people from joining and yeah. bringing in all their friends and then yeah. trying to stage a coup. And yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. It, it yeah, because because petty people do that. Like when they see yeah. a magical group or a coven or anything, when they see those things, they're like, "That's what they're." They're like, "Okay, how can I take? How can I be the one who runs this?" Yeah. Okay. You know, and I saw this happening down at Onifin down in California. This was was happening while I was there. I couldn't talk about much then, but I'll you know say a few words over now. But like Oberon Zell and all of them, they basically were getting ousted from this massive property they'd been running since like the 70s when they started the the Church of uh, based on Stranger in a Strange Land, worlds. Church of All Worlds. Yeah. yeah. So I was there hanging out with the people at Pantheon and with them after because Oberon came and hung up. I was working closely with Oberon and all of those people in a Eleusinian mysteries up until present. Um, up until I came back to BC when I just couldn't do it anymore. Mm. Um, and uh, so they got had some people join. They had their friends join, you know, voted them out of the board of governors or whatever and took over. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and so people do that. People look yeah. at these groups. They, they And they did that also with the Order of the Magical Cauldron, Maryland Mother Bears thing. And they tried to, they learned what they had there. And then they took their rituals, made their own site and called themselves something else. They just like ripping people off. And this is this young generation we see often. Um, that's that these are young people who are saying, well, they're saying, seeing what other people have done and they want those rewards without spending 40 years to build and buy the land and do the work and lead the mysteries. They just, they just want the laurels. And I yeah. see these with some of my Gen Z friends who would just want me to tell them answers to every question, but don't want to do any work. Yeah. Yeah. I get this all the time. Yeah. I have that with my group here. Um, it's it's a you know it's an informal pagan group when we get together and we do our rituals and whatnot and we had one guy and is informal your way of saying skyclad no 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 just informal. we're an informal coven no we're no no, no, no. i mean if 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 we were skyclad i'd be like we're all dancing around naked yeah. i'd be like oh informal i just mean we're not like like um like a, like a tradition we're just and we're we're all we're a group of of magical people of different 
you know, stripes and we get together and we do ritual. And we had this one guy and he was talking to another guy in our group and he's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, be the leader of this group and I'm gonna fight Sean Ford if I have to. I'm like, there's no leader of this. I'm, I'm, I'm the slave of this group because I have to spend all my time writing ritual. Yeah, yeah. Well, you that's guys, what the leaders are. You guys, yeah, you guys get to uh, do whatever you want and then just show up and do ritual. I'm the one slaving and and spending all the money on props. Um, but fuck you, you're out. Yeah. And then, uh, and then we had a, a woman kind of pull the same thing, but in a different way. And it's like, I like you volunteer, like you volunteer to do to write the ritual. You didn't write write the ritual, so at the last minute, I'm like, okay, I'll write the ritual. And then you had a freak out that, like, I uh, uh, you you want the power, but you don't want to do the work. Because I, I think yeah. people I think people literally think that being the leaders of a group mean that you sit here and yeah, you direct that's what they think everyone else to do the yeah that, no it's no. crazy that people think that that that's what no, the deal no, no, is no. it's crazy if I decide that the ritual needs um a thousand golden apples. Guess who's painting a thousand apples goals? Me, the the group leader. Yeah. Uh, after spending hours writing the ritual, like there's there's no glory to this. Um, it, it it's 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 slavery work, and yeah. you do it because Definitely. you do it because you love. I mean, I love writing ritual, uh, period, but you do it because you have a love for it and um, you're, 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 you're doing work for other people. Yeah. And that's all that matters. I mean, if I'm not, if I'm not dedicating my life to others, then wh what's the point? Yeah. What's the point? Yeah. That's, you know? That's the origin of why there's titles um, in the Wooden Dolmen. Uh -huh. um, it's why in Philosophist you get the title title honored, and then in, in five six you get the title very honored. Um, that's why it's it's to recognize the work because yeah. for every hour of work someone else puts in, you put in ten, and they know that they yeah. recognize that they know they're not going to do the amount of work that you do. Like yeah. that's 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 why if you just want to have a happy, light filled life go and leave in portal don't go through five six yeah like they, they were very clear with me they're like if you take this spiritual step you're asking for shit the rest of your life yeah um because you're going onto a battlefield as opposed to just sort of staying on the sidelines of you yeah. know you're trying to make an active difference yeah. and uh and do this work and as a result you get to sit on the throne of the hierophant yeah. and initiate people because that is the sacrifice and you know what you comes with that you're sitting on the throne of the higher fund, but you're not above anyone else. Like you're, you're, you're the servant. Yeah. That's what and people. That's why you have the, understand. 
that's, that's why the entire five six ritual is built around the, yeah. the death and resurrection yeah. of Christian Rosenkreutz, yeah, right, or Cyrus. That's yeah. the whole thing. You're dying. Who yeah. you were before now is gone. Yeah, um, is just a vehicle for your for your higher true self. Yeah, that's what's happening. That's the deal you're making. Yeah, and you have there's no you know vows and and compacts and and boons that come along with that. Like yeah. you don't and if and if you and if you succeed. Like there's people who go through the ritual and there's, you know, there's the physical and the spiritual ritual and not everyone goes through both. Uh Some people only go through one of them, but only one of them really matters. Um, And that's the spiritual initiation. Like, you know, and did you come out, do you, you know, I came out feeling fundamentally different as an entity Uh uh, from that initiation in five equals six. And I've, that, that's been the, the way ever since like over like instant change, but also, some things didn't change like the preparedness doesn't change right there's my, my bishop used to say if you're not a priest going into ordination you're not one coming out so right. there's a union of the vessel being prepared and the sacrifice being acceptable to the lord which is that sacrifice to your own higher and divine genius yeah. saying i'm willing to put aside my earthly will for the the security and comforts and success of this world for your will to use me as a vessel so that I might do the greater works of the spirit here mm-hmm. in my life, even to the detriment of my lower self and my earthly existence. Like yeah. that is spelled out for you loud and clear in every version of this that there is Yeah, across all the orders. And it's clearly the same in other orders because Steiner talks about it exactly the same way. And he never heard of the golden dawn. Well, yeah. you know, he heard of them, but like, you know what I mean? So yeah. like, and you go to other systems and other things, this one solar initiation, this one crucial step is always recognized in the same way. Yeah. And, and that is the nature of the greater mysteries that of course they're not going to be grasped until you've learned the lesser mysteries. Yeah. And there's a lot of things to go through in that process. But if you can go through it, if you're willing to put in the work, it's, it's the most fulfilling thing in the whole world absolutely yeah like it's the best thing i've ever done with my life and it's yeah fueled the rest of it it fueled me doing phenomenal things like you know um going from an f to an a student overnight yeah and uh you know because of the changes it wrought about in me like that yeah um because i because i was doing the work you know exceeding the expectations of the work i was given i did more than i was supposed to do but Mm -hmm. also i sort of just did what i was supposed to because you're we were like temple to was hardcore taskmaster sort of like fucking get in shape or get out <laughs> yeah. Or get yeah. Out. yeah you yeah. know this is what yeah. we're doing um and uh you know everything you know the amount of blessings it brought into my life are are incalculable and the trials and struggles are also incalculable mm-hmm. um but nowhere near as great as the insights i've been able to have and like the states i've been able to achieve and the states i can still get back to very quickly um without even entheogens you know like i've had greater you know entheogenic psychedelic experiences without entheogens yeah um, through those practices it's it's really a yeah a phenomenal thing which uh it's it's uh it's funny how many people though do do even uh, burn out of it uh, a lot of people uh I think that was partly one of the problems of, of the way that things were going at that time. But a lot of, you know, people, uh, they, they leave it and they can't even look back at it. Yeah. And I always wonder why that was. And I think sometimes it's because 
maybe they 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 weren't really there for themselves perhaps um they weren't um they were like they they liked the the trappings of it or yeah. the community of it yeah and that's okay too mm-hmm. but yeah i mean i i think there's you know there's so many reasons why why people don't survive it um and you know you can't pin it down to one or two reasons it's going to be you know perhaps as many reasons as as many people but i think there's a lot of i you know i i want to i i want to play dress up i want to put on a robe and carry a wand and call myself a great i think see i think that plays a big part in a lot of it it's fine for a point. There's a there's yeah. a point that that sulfurous, uh, you know, playfulness is fun. Um, I mean, like, I had I, I remember one of the one of the things that got, allowed me to join um, again when I was 15 in '96 was the fact that I was already I was fed up. It had been a few years of this. My mm-hmm. you know I'd already been initiated into yoga. I'd like, gone through two yogic ceremony initiations at age seven and age ten as part of the whole Maharishi thing, and and mm-hmm. and the the dress up and the magic and the ceremony and by the couple years of druidry and wicca and a coven uh by 15 i was i was done with all the trappings already like it's like you know i knew that you know there was even more of that in the gd which i was like okay i'll learn that shit if i have to and 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 see it but i what what i didn't realize was was the you know then when you learn why it's there and the, the 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 effects the colors have and the symbolism and the whole method of training is you're like, Oh, this is not what I expected at all. Mm. Like <laughs> these things don't look this way. The tools yeah. and the colors don't look this way because we like how they look um, at all. Um, yeah. I think they look fine, but like clearly they're psychedelic yeah. in, in the best of way in the most in a visual art sort of way, like these flashing colors, these bright things like, okay, these are not designed for use on the material plane. No, These are designed to, to do something somewhere else they're yeah. they're you know intergalactic in a way uh, of their outlandishness and design and even the striped nemesis and all that stuff but it has tremendous effect yeah we do we use it because of the results of the effect yeah. and uh all the symbolism from the tile floor to the you know socks and pillars yeah this whole this idea of unity of polarities and unity of forces and the geometry of it all is is crucial to understanding the concepts and practices that then take you into altered states naturally yeah Yeah. Yeah, you know and i i feel like i i just i wish and this isn't right to say because everyone has their own path but i wish everyone can experience that that seriousness of of not of training but of purpose that an order like the golden dawn gives because everything is so well thought out nothing is done by accident it's not you know like you're talking about like the colors like it's not because someone a hundred years ago was like well these colors are fun that, that that's not how it works yeah there, there, there's a purpose yeah and and there the same reason like you know you were talking about like you read 
Celtic Magic by DJ Conway and and all these books and you're not fulfilled and he went to Modern Magic and I I will always I I think I'll always call myself a druid I I think I I you know like my my foundation is druidry and I build um my my golden dawn practice such as it is off of that well that's uh, another great thing about the GED is the religion you know people's religion doesn't matter any, yeah any religion can join pretty much um, but uh, it's it wasn't until I started uh working through the golden dawn system that it's like oh oh magic works yeah like this was that fun moment you know like magic works and i'm not talking about the whole like oh i i i need to do a spell to get a job uh because anyone can do that i think um but it's the higher this i just and i and i'm not downplaying witchcraft wicca anything i'm not because the stuff I experienced when I joined a, a gardenerian cabin, and I mean, people don't realize, a lot of people don't realize that gardenerian witchcraft is very ceremonial. It's not the like rolling in the dirt Wicca that a lot of people kind of associate with Wicca and paganism. So, you know, that had it, it had its moment. Um, but it wasn't until like, you know, really working through the golden dawn work where I was like, oh, magic is real. Like, this is, this is it. Yeah. You know, this isn't dress up anymore. This isn't playing games anymore. This is real life. And and in one way, one way was like, oh, I have to be careful with with what I do because this is real life now, you know. And in an, in another sense, it's like, okay, bring it on, like let's let's do this, you know. This is serious. Let's get serious. Let's do this. Yeah, you know? it's something grimoire magicians get pretty early on in their experiences mm-hmm. once they develop and they the because they, uh, they're very results oriented and yeah yeah it's it's a good thing to have happen when people mm-hmm. start to take it seriously and, and then explore what's actually possible that's a fun that's a fun moment yeah yeah that's when you see people really starting to study hard yeah when they, uh when it gets real yeah but i i also personally um respond really well to pomp and circumstance so really structured ritual appe- appeals to me. So that's, yeah. I, I would think that would play a part, like someone that really isn't into structured ritual, I can see trying to work through the system and feeling like they're not getting anything out of it, you know? Yeah, you know, I think I think also sometimes a lot of the reason people um, uh, poo-poo structured ritual is because for more of a, organic dynamic do what thou wilt move around but like i think the reason is because they don't realize that the structure is there the purpose of the structure is to set you free 
Yeah. Right? You're following the structure. So you don't have to think about what you're doing. You can focus on where you're going yeah. and the things yeah. you're interacting with. Right. So there's no question of what I have to do next. And it's designed uh, for w- group work. Yeah. Um, so that we always all know where, where everything's at and we can compare. And because we're in a, a, a space that's always seemed like it's the same black painted room, mm-hmm. right? With tiled floors, with the same two candles, with other, which other lights you have, candles you have, like the same candlelight. And you can really notice differences, like the difference of when a spirit shows up versus when it doesn't, or right. the differences like subtly um they're 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 not so subtle in such a controlled environment they're quite dramatic yeah in a controlled environment and also you're in that environment which is like you're in a this cube of darkness you know with this double cube in the center and these all these symbolic every single thing image there is designed to affect you to alter your consciousness yeah everywhere you look it's not just some corner of your bedroom yeah and this is a very powerful thing uh that people don't realize they don't realize it until you've been in that if you've never been in that environment walked into it holy shit yeah like, yeah, yeah it, it just changes you just being in it not before nothing, you even start the rituals yeah nothing is by accident nothing is just because it sounds good nothing is just because it's pretty like everything is so thought out that um and you know, because I think a part of it is because you know everything is thought out, that that just enhances the experience. Yeah, and helps what? you control what you're working with, right? You know, everything yeah. else is blocked out except for the thing you're focusing on yeah. in, in a very strategic way. And that's yeah. good because it's not we're not worried about, and real magicians aren't worried about spirits showing up. We're, we're worried about keeping all of them out yeah except the ones you want you know uh, because you know how many times have i done a a wiccan ritual where like we're just inundated with stuff i'm like holy shit like the fae really did show up and you just start oh go crazy um you know and you're like oh maybe i need to do this in a more controlled way yeah yep sometimes yes sometimes not yep yep yeah but it's nice to be intentional about what energies you're working with and yeah, it, it definitely can let you work within a lot deeper. Like when you walk into the temple and and the altars moved aside, and there the the table ta- the the you know Enochian table is set up on its wax wax sigillums and everything, and you're like oh you're doing some Enochian scrying, you know like that's a you walk into the temple instantly everything's changed yeah. just with having that in the center of your like, yeah, boom yeah, yeah. all the tablets are on are draped open and you've got the you know yeah that there and it's just it's like you barely need to do anything to get those things to then show up, you know, which is fine because, you know, the opening doesn't take long. Most of it's the communication with them and scrying. Yeah. Do you have a favorite ritual? Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I have a few. Um, I was, a. The two, my two favorite ones, um, no one would have heard of. Um, they were ones unique to our inner order. Okay. Um, and uh, but let me think of ones from the regular sort of curriculum. Yeah. Um, I mean, I like Enochian work, mm-hmm. uh, and evo- grimoire evocation is is great. Is great. Um, you know, we were the goetic stuff we did was okay. 
Um, like, yeah, ritual eye is fun, um, but the probably the uh, the initiation of the body of light is is one of the most powerful. These are in order rituals, of course, that are in the yeah. main corpus. Like so, ritual eye, um, ritual five is powerful. I like the rituals that we used for full moon healings, and because um, which were basically rising in the plains, which is a five six technique. You you learn to go up the middle pillar um, using a certain set of tools, mm -hmm. and uh, it really works. Like you want to, like it's like. Yeah, like you don't experience it as profoundly as 5-MeO-DMT, but it's the same experience. You're going right. to the same place. And I think that's one why when I did 5-MeO, I felt really at home and I didn't have this loss of ego that, that I expected. Mm -hmm. um, I'll do it more, of course, since it's, it is legal here in Canada. I'll, I'll be doing it more and see if maybe that does happen if it was just a matter of not getting enough. Or, but, but I think, you know, yeah, I think the more comfortable we get with, these states of consciousness soberly, the more functional we are in them when we work with them in a full entheogenic ceremony. Right. And that's, that's still, that revelation is still uh, very surprising to me and, and speaks to a lot of ground, just like the crossover with the paranormal stuff. A lot of like people I've talked to are using more and more stuff like that in their, their waking group or whatever to detect spirits and stuff like that. I think that's yeah. fascinating. And, you know, if you can take pictures of balls of, energy or balls of light or you could project your will and have it show up on film and, and repeat that, ex that experiment that would be fascinating i'm curious to see people do if you more experiments like that, that experiment yeah. yeah yeah the only thing i've been, ever been able to replicate was was moving things um and then and then you know uh you know mind reading at the usual 80 percent effectiveness 80 90 if you're if you're going through a series of exercises that yeah. can be pretty achievable um especially if you're giving willing to give it a month or two of practice every every day or two yeah um so yeah the initiation of the body of light's a powerful uh thing and you build up to that um but the body of light's a powerful thing that um people either focus on it too much or or not at all and that's that's problematic a lot of people don't want to take the time to to do all those things yeah yeah but I love the watchtower rituals and I love all the, the great openings. And, and those are of course tools uh, to, to fuel ourselves and to initiate ourselves deeper into the mysteries. Um, they're, they're all good. Um, yeah. And obviously I feel the same way about the analysis of the keyword as everyone else does. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm just glad I, I, I'm glad I put that stuff aside until I'd gone through the initiations because they, they did mean, they they did different things after that. They they did different things after that. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. I think if you want to develop advanced rituals, it's better to develop your own based on what you the levels of things that you you're gaining mastery in, than to necessarily try and extract ones from other systems. Uh, I think that could be a, a thing people should maybe feel excited to explore is their own advanced developments. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, you know, working in Noki and Ethers is always something I've enjoyed and uh, you know done a lot of, and uh, yeah, I've done a lot of um, working. I've I've done some community, some Enochian 
scryings with Angel Ave and uh, gotten information about my future that was, you know, horrifying and even more horrifying when it came true. Um, but but that's life. Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes you don't want to know what the 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 trials of the future. Like the scrying we did before we closed down TV with with Ave showed that we would enter this sort of 1984 dystopia and very much spoke of a lot of the things that have happened now um you know across the board and it's like yeah i don't know if you always want to know that stuff i i don't i don't shim work you know i i i like i don't yeah you know um I, I, there's much much less to be gained looking into our future than there is to helping other people understand their present. Yeah, I don't know if I find any value, like if um, a spirit or let's say somewhere in the future, we as humans developed the ability to time travel. I don't know in either case that I would find value in someone coming back in time to me and saying, you need to do this, this, and this to live the longest life possible. I, 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 is there value in that? I don't know. You know, you, you think of, um, you know, if you want to be a conspiracy theorist and, all the rich people have access to this, you know, special, you know, these special procedures to prolong their lives. Well, that doesn't make me a better person, you know? So if, if, if someone was to come back in time and be like, oh, you need to do this and this and this to live the longest life possible, that doesn't make me a better person. So no, I don't, I don't want to know. No, let me just, let me just do my thing. I'm not perfect. Um, I'm not the nicest person in the world, but I'm also not the most horrible person in the world. Um, I spent, one of the things that I spent time as president of a, here locally of a um of a clinic um that um provided services for people with hiv aids hep c and um and i mean it was a voluntary position you know you'd be like oh i'm president yeah it's you're unpaid like this is volunteer work, really. You can call yourself whatever you want. It's volunteer work. At the end of the day, I'm president of nothing, really. Um, you just help people be a good person. No ego. Go to bed. You know what I mean. I, I, I don't I don't need anyone telling me about the future, anyone coming from the future into the past being like, oh, guess what's gonna happen? <sighs> yeah. You. 
Fuck well, you. It's, it's, it's one of the I, reasons I don't read a lot of channeled stuff and I've, I've no interest. My yeah. friends always try to show me channeled stuff. And like, you know, I grew up with my mom, all her stuff around like the, the crazy, you know, the, there's the Yahweh people yeah. and the, the cryon people and all the different things, the, the Urantia book. And a lot of my friends are into like the Edgar Casey stuff. And they're like, they, they want me to accept it wholesale. Um, I'm like, yeah, no, I don't even have time to read this channeled stuff yeah. because I even know, I know the process works and I know how to do that. Yeah. Like I could sit down and write a channeled books till the cows come on. It's just yeah. such what a, what a load of BS it, it usually is because it's just yeah. like, it's a technique to yeah. talk to beings and then you just start writing down this flow but, and it comes from all across these things. Like I'm more, I'd be more to what's their motive. You know what I mean? Like just sure. You know what? Just let me. I'm just gonna do my thing. Let me be the best best person I can be, and then I'm gonna die. Yeah, and and the I, biggest problem with that stuff also is that because because the message is never lost in the experience of that voice, and those spirit voices are meant for us to be heard, and and to to turn it into something where I am the channel for this spirit voice telling all of you what it says, rather than just having all of you talk to that spirit and have yep. your own personal connection right that's what the the pope did with jesus yeah he basically said hey i'm channeling jesus now just like all these channelers out there that same thing is wanting to be like their own little popes yeah. and they're like their interpretation and we as we all know the least accurate thing about a, a communication with the spirit is your interpretation of what it's saying yeah the community the experience is usually quite real yeah. but your interpretation of what it's saying is usually is, is very susceptible to to like you know your human perspective and what your mind is capable of transmitting and so you reduce things to a way you can understand it and spew it out like it's gospel when it's not it's it's the gospel of the limits it all it really shows besides occasional insight which it does is the limits of your mind yeah of limits of the channeler's mind that's the high the main thing i think it highlights and you see that when you when you have channelers without who aren't educated and then they start to receive information or write down information that is supposed to be about this thing. But if you had even taken first year chemistry, you'd know it's not true, yeah. but that's their human mind trying to make sense, explain something that the spirit might understand. But if it doesn't have a human mind capable of understanding it, then it comes out garbled yeah. like some, yeah. some weird alchemical aphorism. And, you know, <laughs> then you, then you got everyone in Washington, like, you know, chanting Ramtha. Yeah, and like so, people who want to who who want to follow those gurus, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think there's a, a a stage in the soul soul's journey where that might be where you're at, and and that's often necessary for people who are at a stage who need to learn to go through that Piscean guru mm -hmm. stage, which is what the Piscean age represented, yeah. and move into the Aquarian one where you become your own guru, um, not for other people but for yourself. And, and pick up your own, you know, bag and lug it up the mountain of initiation, which is what we should all be doing. Like, yeah. and that's certainly the idea of the invisible college that we're all supposed to be, you know, members of. Yeah. Yeah. Supposed to be. The work is great and, uh, and uh, worthwhile. Oh, the work is great. Absolutely. Who's doing the work? Who's actually doing the work? you know don't worry about it don't worry about it no it's it's not shoulder my on problem. up the mountain yeah 
not my problem. And and you know, and others who realize like, that maybe like those you certainly like to tweet about it, you know. But I mean, I'm sorry, I'm 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 busy doing the work. You tweet about it. You talk about it. Well, I, I think there's nothing wrong with people who want to tweet and talk about the work they're doing. Talk about yeah. it, but that's all yeah. you're doing. That's well, you're doing. yeah. As long as you're still doing it, um, yeah. But they're not. It's it's good to let people know what you're up to, and then yeah. people can work together and and yeah. collaborate, and and that's great. It's like I think happening. people these aren't forums, baby. Like like you've my, been off my, Twitter my, for too long. Like my buddy in Ireland said, Frater Demna. Um, I mean, he 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 did a whole thing on how he went to the store and made all the tools for a Golden Dawn initiatory hall. He's a GD adept over there, and and he's he's great we're gonna have to do a re-interview because the connection was so bad it didn't come across well but i released it because it was good content just the audio is garbled a lot yeah. of the times but um he did a thing on how cheaply you could build all the temple initiatory tools just out of things you buy at the store and, and cobble them together he's yeah. like look people go out you can you can make your own temple and do the work from the ground up and will it take you a lot of time and effort yeah but yeah. that might be a better solution than to you know you'll know when you get there and people yeah. will see when you get there yeah. just just do the actual work and 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 build it yourself and you know you initiate yourself through that process that's a way to, a valid way to do it like i was i was i never I, like i didn't really know how much of a an adept of the grimoire system ash and chasan was till i talked to him yeah right and i i really hate the term adept it's a stupid term but it's useful to to let people know how well someone knows a system yeah but the real term is that, that should the only term that matters is initiate in the initiatory world right adept would just say of a system like I'm one of the GD system, but that's it. Outside of those waters, I'm a, I'm as, as I'm as I'm wherever I'm at. And that's good. That's a good thing. But yeah. the thing that we're initiated into is the, the Mysterion and our role as initiates is to celebrate the Mysterion, yeah. the mysteries to that. We're not meant to be perfect. We're not meant to be saints. We're meant to be sinners who humbly repent every day and, and offer up these prayers Um and uh, celebrate the mysteries of nature. And that's what we're meant to do. That's the only thing in a way we're meant to do. Yeah. Um, and not all magicians do that. But, you know, some people are like, oh, you don't need to be an initiate to do magic. Of course not. Right. That's not, you know, then, then you go, you're going and doing whatever you're doing, like making love spells, making money. You can use magic for that. Yeah. That's something different than what initiates are doing. But yeah. it's not, there's no judgment, value judgment between the two. Certainly not. And there's a lot of crossover. They're both very noble endeavors. Yeah. Yeah. Ash people should Bassi, He's fantastic. Yeah, he really is. Uh, he's he's done it. He became an adept through mastering or, or you know, self-initiating through the self through the grimoire yeah. magical tradition. And that's essentially an initiation to adapted through the working of these planetary beings. Because yeah. as you learn to connect with them, you have to master the inner abilities to to can do that. And he speaks about it very clearly. And it's a, it's remarkable. It's great. It's yeah. again some somewhat comparable to what like uh, Damien Eccles did in prison. Yeah. with using whatever material he could get his hands on god bless him like yeah these people are showing that this stuff works yeah. outside of the traditional structures yeah. and strictures yeah. that it we have presumed it operates under and a lot of people who are critical of the our love of the gd or those initiatory traditions they're just not realizing hey like you know we've moved beyond that it's like how the whole critical race theory social justice warrior fuckers are like 
they've just discovered Derrida and they don't know what to do with him or Foucault and they don't know how to handle it because they didn't really read it. They just sort of got a couple courses, but like they don't realize, they haven't realized yet that that we've moved on. Like there's been a lot of philosophers since then. Academics have moved, or a lot of scholars or philosophy has moved on. Yeah. So a lot of the magical world has similarly moved on um, beyond those structures. And you can yeah. do grimoire stuff. There's great chaos magicians and pagans and British witchcrafts made a huge comeback. All of these and the, the Orisha traditions, all of these traditions have fortified and strengthened and come so workable and so alive like what about all the pgm grimoire uh not jobs i love those people like i'm so glad well i just talked to jack grail right and and i'm so glad these people are outlining these systems in ways that we can easily digest them so that when we're ready to to want to turn our attention to that yeah. we've got something we can work baby yeah i don't have to build my own system which is exactly. you know exactly it's a very yeah. hard skill exactly. to learn yeah yeah Yeah, no, that's what's yeah, that's and all that cultural appropriation shit. People that, nonsense. Yeah, that are just dedicated to these different systems. Like, yeah, you do the work, put it all together, so that I can just breeze through it. It's fantastic. It's great. It's great. It, it, it's fantastic, and that's what's yeah. great about the twenty first century. There's no like, I no, I don't want to live in. Elizabethan England. Thank you very much. Like, you know, these people live in this fantasy world. I'm like, you could get burned no, for this shit. No, I I I don't want uh like dysentery. I don't want to be burned at the stake for witchcraft. Uh thank you very much. Um you you enjoy I, soap? Yeah, I enjoy soap. Uh, uh having a plumbing. <laughs> I mean uh yeah, medieval people were very clean they 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 bathed regularly with soap going into elizabethan england not so much uh or tudor england not so much just a qualifier there uh but yeah no i don't i'm not i i don't want to live in that ancient world like give me my effective magic yeah, yeah. Well, and I think people are calling that modern medicine, too, right? you know. Yeah. Uh, modern medicine. Yeah. We like modern medicine because it's going to give us 5G computer chips in our bodies. So we're connected 24 7. And I like that idea. So, uh, yeah. I yeah. don't believe that. Um, the microchips. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we're definitely going to have microchips pretty soon. Well, by choice. <laughs> uh, like, by, by choice. No, like the government's not going to secretly implant us with microchips. They don't no, need to. but they'll say you can't travel <laughs> or go to a we, concert without we it. All, we all voluntarily have smartphones. All these yeah. people are like, I don't know what's what's in the vaccine. I don't know what's going on. Bitch. You're a fucking cum whore slut. You don't need, you don't get to complain about what's, I don't know what's in the back. <laughs> Bitch, you don't know what's in that guy you just railed. So don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Just it's magically delicious. You know, there, there are some of my friends who are like, I don't know what's in the vaccine. I'm like, you don't know what was any of the other day. 
I don't hear you complaining. You don't know his name. You don't know his phone number. Why are you complaining? Like, Love it. Off. <laughs> like, fuck off. You don't get yeah. to pick and choose. You don't get to pick and choose. You know what yeah, I mean? My mom just got the vaccine. She's okay. Yeah. Um, so what uh, vaccine did your mom get? Do you know? Pfizer. Oh, good. Good, good, good. Um, yeah. So like, fuck off. Like, I just, I hate people so much. I love humanity. Great, wait, great, great, great first episode of your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I hate I, people I, I, so I hate, much. I hate people. I love humanity. I love humanity. Yeah, yeah me too. I, I, me I'm too. so optimistic about humanity. I just hate people. Like, why yeah. are you, like, why don't you think for yourself? Read a book. Indeed. Read a book. Two plus two will always equal four. So read a book, read 10 books, read five books that have this opinion, read five books that have the opposite opinion, and then decide what you want to believe. You know what I mean? Like if you want to, if you want to believe that, that, that there's a, a secret society that's going to take over the planet and they need to inject you with a uh, computer chip. That's fine if you want to believe that, but back it up with some some proof. Give me some proof. I'm glad you touched on the, the vaccine because now, now you get the proof. warning under your video on YouTube, the vaccine warning. Give me proof. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll be your biggest uh, advocate of... of anti-vaccines if give me proof give me uh, yeah give me i don't proof. actually know anyone who's you're, you're, you're not you know you, oh i'm claustrophobic i can't wear a mask bitch you're canadian you wear a scarf over your head uh eight months out of the year you, you're not claustrophobic yeah, everyone's wearing wearing masks around here even alone on the street um i i mean i don't unless i'm in a in a space okay. you have to this but, is but everyone's wearing them all yeah. of these canadians were like oh i can't wear a mask i'm claustrophobic they literally spend six months of the year with only their eyes visible toque down to here scarf up to here yeah yeah especially in the east, for the rest of you guys yeah. but all of a sudden they can't wear masks because they're claustrophobic uh, I haven't heard that at all. But go back. <laughs> uh, one of my cousins. I mean, I love, I love all of all of my family members. But one of my cousins is claustrophobic, and she can't wear a mask. Yeah. Okay. Thunder Bay. I haven't heard the claustrophobia thing at all. That's uh, very odd. Be, that's that's because you guys don't get winter in in yeah, see yeah not like the way you do, we yeah. do in Ontario when it can yeah, get not at all minus forty or minus fifty, uh, it can get cold here. It can get really cold here. So we're all like we're bundled up like from here, and all that's visible is our eyeballs, and yet all all of these 
Canadians are claustrophobic and can't wear masks. Meanwhile, they can wear scarves and toques so that just their eyes are visible, but they can't wear masks because they're claustrophobic. Yeah, no, no, it's a it's a strange battle between. Yeah. Well, I mean, we know we know they're actually upset about the uh, trespassing over our running roughshod over our freedoms and liberties and stuff like that. That's, you know, you know what that's, that's really going on. You have nasty teeth and you're breasting. So put on your mask. Put on your mask. Yeah. I mean, your, your teeth are jacked up. You're breasting. <laughs> put on a mask. I mean, Could you're doing mask. yourself. You're, you'll have a better chance of getting husband. How about that? Because he, he won't see the bottom half of your face. How about that? I just, I, I don't get it. I, I mean, I get it in the sense that we created a, a society um, post-World War II where it's just you're, you're focused on you and your family. You know what I mean? You're not focused on society, the village, you know. It's you, your paycheck, your family. So I get it in that sense. Like that's the world we we created. Yeah, we can't blame anyone but ourselves. Um. So when this pandemic comes, you know, all the oh, China created this. China created this. Okay, let's say that yes, China did create this. You're still advocating for no masks, no vaccines. So you work for China. I don't work for China. I'm white. I'm American. Okay. That means you're a useful idiot. You're working for China for free. Are oh, people actually me. advocating to have no, no masks and no vaccines? I don't see that anywhere. Yeah. Maybe that's more back east with you guys, but I don't see. There's no, I don't think over where, over here. Not where you are. No, there's are. none of that. Where I am and in, in, in the States, it's anti-mask and anti-vax. But yet they're like, oh, China created this. Yeah. Well, if China created this, why are you anti-mask and anti-vax? You're because th- if you're if China created this to kill us all and you're anti-mask. Yeah, yeah. The that, logic's not consistent. That means you work for China. Yeah. So if you if you think like even if that if you if it's contradictory, right? To say, yes. I'm not going to wear a mask because these are just, even if you believe the conspiracy that Fauci and Gates are manu- going to just keep manufacturing vaccines out of some secret lab to mess up humanity. If you believe that, you should merit wearing a mask because you're like, they're doing this subversive genocide without yeah. knowing it, without telling us. If that's how, if you think that's happening, you should definitely, you should be wearing a hazmat suit outside yeah. of your house. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, so there's there's but that's because I think that's not what's really going on. It's just people are pissed off because yeah. the governments have just don't care anymore. They don't care that we know that they're lying about and just taking all our money and fucking us up the ass. Yeah. They know that we know that they're doing it. That we all know everything. It, it's it's they're not even hiding it anymore. And we're like, oh well, fuck this. Well, they that's don't what we're saying. Like, no, they don't. They got us. They, it's over. It's, it's over. Voters. Now will still vote for them because the alternative is a nightmare. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. it, it's gotten so decisive. So we may as well prep our souls for the afterlife. 
you know, I'm just going to drink my get wine. in good with the psychopomps. Yeah, I'm yeah. just going to drink my wine, do my magic. Amen, bro. Roll my candles and hope for the best. Like, yes. Amen. You know, Amen. What can you do? What can you do? That's 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 probably how we should leave this because I need to make dinner and this has been wonderful and that's a great note to uh, to end this on like all of this stuff we've talked about it's like at the end of the day we just keep coming back as magicians full circle to our practice yeah. and doing our practice I'm working on a lot of cool rituals and and stuff that's just super fascinating yeah I'd like to be able to get out of the house and, and record an album or do some do some gigs or see my friends um, I've seen two. Um, but yeah you know and travel and work and live but until then we can at least do all this magic and and go in depth into these things and yeah. that's why i'm glad you started the lvx files i'm super honored to be the the first on the it first. and uh the Dave first episode Mulder and Mulder and scully would be proud of me Absolutely. i was a huge x files kid especially being from vancouver where they filmed it like yeah. when i worked at starbucks like janine or what's jillian anderson came in all the time I, when I worked at Starbucks, like Jessica Alba was filming Black An- Dark Angel. So she was there. I was serving her coffee every day. And uh, so I have a close connection with that X-Files, that's, that film community from that time. That was, because yeah. It, yeah. it holds a special place in my heart. Um, that holds the Vancouver film scene at that era. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited awesome. that we've launched this new thing. Okay. Who's, so, who's the next guest? Well, okay. So, well, first of all, before we talk about who's the next guest, who are let's, some upcoming guests? Let's talk about where we find you. Uh, oh, right. Yeah. Magicwithoutfears.com and magics with a K. Um, yeah. I'm not a fan of the K spelling, but sometimes it's useful to mm-hmm. communicate what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, so magicwithoutfears.com and you can go to support my podcast there. You can subscribe, get a password from subscribing and go to a password protected web page with videos of rituals and interviews full length and other treats and you can really get involved with my teaching on hermeticmysteryschool.com that is got free monthly lectures and then weekly classes if you want to subscribe for only 49 bucks a month and that's a really great deal to get a lot of original content you have con- access to everything on the site once you join that as well so it's good for people who are self-initiates or solo practitioners even a lot of people are you know putting things just you know grabbing you can grab the lectures piecemeal you yeah. know the classes piecemeal and that's what a lot of people do and then they incorporate them into the practice and then they write to me about all the angels they're talking to and that's awesome like making their own systems out of the building blocks of these things once you get their understood as building blocks you can do that yeah um or yeah and jump on the weekly classes and that's a that's a lot of fun as well yeah and then we can find you on instagram at yeah uh, fratter.rc yeah perfect okay. yeah or esoteric ebooks at, Inst- yeah. at instagram yeah. um and you know i get i get <laughs> um yeah i'll like you know i get blocked a lot from commenting and banned and stuff because of uh you know you know you're c.s not, lewis you're not or, the only one i i'm I, not controversial at all no no no, no <laughs> like you're not the only one, but like on on instagram i can't even say oh um go to my link in bio if i write uh in comments on instagram uh link in bio it'll get deleted immediately. oh weird uh, marco visconti was just talking about this on um 
face uh, on uh, Twitter. Um, oh, yeah? His his promotions, like like with you, like the like you know how you you pay for promotional posts and whatnot. You can, yeah. I can't. Done, done. And uh, Dana, yeah. So they Dana, banned him too. Dana Newkirk. She's like, I'm going back to TikTok because uh, Facebook yeah. and and Instagram. Yeah, they've come for the magical community. Yeah, they've yeah. they've locked they've, they've no, they've, they're yeah. totally they're totally after us. Yeah. I literally can't say I don't know why because my website uh is in my bio, laylokensalman.com. Yeah. So I'll be like, oh, um these candles are on sale. Link is in bio. If I type link in bio, that post will get deleted. Just gone, done. Yeah, you gone. know, magicwithoutfears.com is yeah. is banned from Instagram, Facebook. You can't type that URL, and God yeah. knows why. Well, I I know no, why. It's like it's I, just mob mob flagging. I can't type your website, magicwithoutfears.com. No. Uh, if I type your your website, magicwithoutfears.com, um, on a post of mine, yeah, it, it bans deleted. it. Yeah, it gets deleted. deleted. Done. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah, so that's okay. Whatever. Um, they don't want us, and we don't want Facebook and Instagram. Really, um, we know what they're up to. I mean, probably. I mean, talk. We talk about the technocracy and stuff, but really, it's what it is is largely uh, mob flagging by by like people within the occult community who yeah. are uh, very uh, anti free free speech and expression. Yeah. Like you know, any of us who are apparent apparently saying free speech is a conservative thing now, and so that makes us like. QAnon Republicans, even though we're just some Canadian NDP voters. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. We're as like <laughs> we're as like, left, we're as like, left <laughs> as possible. Yeah. yeah. But but and, because like, we also value free speech. The Democratic we're Party already. is like Bernie Sanders left. Yeah. Yes, but it yeah, is. And, and we're proud members like, of that. Like yeah. right wing. Um, yeah, we just don't conflate our lives with it. Um yeah. But yeah, but if you also then throw in free speech, then you're all right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. maybe yeah. that's what it is. Here. Who knows? Um, but yeah, so please do support and follow us on our on our actual websites, our actual mailing lists and, and support us that way. Because like, yeah, I'll never get monetized on YouTube because of the, yeah, none of us, a lot of us, well, like even like, even uh, like, you know, even the biggest occult YouTube channels aren't going to make money yeah. um, because there's just not, it's the niche is too small. Yeah. You can run social blade apps on and look at Danatrell or foolish fish. And they're, they're not breaking like more than 500, 600 a month or a thousand bucks a month tops yeah. um, for 40, 50,000 views per video. And so that's not a good place. That's why podcasting yeah. is, is a great place for occultists to stay um, because it keeps you off the YouTube radar of being mass banned across all platforms as podcasting still sort of gets a lot of liberties and, and it should, because, you know, we're still, uh, we have the right to uh, speak our minds and that's that. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, this is probably, no, I'm not going to say probably this is definitely the most political my podcast is going to get because anytime I talk to Frat or RC, we start talking about politics. A little bit. It's interesting because we're both Canadian, which is yeah. not so common. 
yeah and we we start talking about politics and the most important person in the world which is the queen of england the queen of england all hail the queen of england she is not a reptilian she is not a reptilian yeah or a pedophile yeah she is she is uh yeah the most important person in the world and Uh, she should reach out to this podcast monetize it personally with a direct phone call to sean and invite me for tea um yeah actually when my grandmother turns 100 next year uh elizabeth if you're listening to us don't call my grandma uh geraldine houghton call sean um lalo kinzawan so um csis is listening csis is listening of course i mean that's what we pay them for i mean we pay for csis to listen to us if they're not get your donuts out of your mouths guys I would be disappointed if CSIS isn't listening right now. Yeah, yeah. I'd be seriously like, disappointed. What else are they going to do sitting around eating Timmy Ho-Ho's? Uh, well, uh, killing indigenous people, obviously. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got it. Sorry, we didn't talk about the urgent importance of us uh, as uh, colonizers to wipe out the indigenous population. We should get to that next time. I'll get some wine and we'll have a proper talk on how as white men we can eradicate the indigenous people. Do you think that might get flagged as as a as non? Yeah, so they, the internet has no sense of humor. You can't deadpan. The, the internet, so that'll probably get flagged for harassment. Yeah, the internet has no, no sense of humor, and that's why I was. That's, <laughs> that's so why, crazy. Yeah, that's why I was a little cagey about talking about um, Quebec because I'm like, okay, literally Quebec is French from France colonizers <laughs> of North America complaining about being colonized no, yeah. by the British. <laughs> and that's yeah. why we have to pretend that the province of Quebec is a nation. Because... It goes all the way back to Wolf and Montcalm. Oh, it's just... Did uh... you see Last of the Mohicans? Okay, okay, okay. Us white people are the worst. We're the worst. We are the worst. Like... Were the colonizers complaining about being colonized? Were the worst. Like, yeah. don't, don't listen to anything yeah, yeah. That person has to say ever, ever, ever. Because yeah. yeah. we're dumb. We're dumb. Anyways, you hear that, America? You heard it here from Canadians yes. themselves. We don't know what we're talking about. That's right, a boot. We're yeah. we're oot and a boot, and we know oot and a boot. Yeah. Oot in a boot. We're oot in a boot. Okay, bitch. Mir- um, we're done. All right. So this was wonderful. This was wonderful. I always love talking to you. Like I you said, are wonderful. You're, you're seriously one of my most favorite people in the entire world. Um, so we're gonna go to magicwithoutfears.com because we're gonna listen yeah. to the podcast. Yeah, and subscribe. Go- it's just like a couple bucks a month. It really helps. Yeah. We're going to go to uh, hermeticmisterschool.com because and you can join that for free and you can join that yeah. for free and drop in on monthly lectures whenever you want. Yeah. We're going to follow you on Instagram at Frater RC and at uh, esoteric ebooks. Yeah. Dot. Yeah. You can. Yeah. I mean, it's better to go to YouTube and join me there, but um, probably. Yeah. You know, but again, all that stuff is is can get shut down at any time. Yeah, I don't I'm care. sure my Facebook will will again. Um, and uh, but and you can't even go directly to Fred or RC at YouTube because I don't have enough followers. And 
you know, and once I get enough, they'll probably just demonetize it or cancel the account anyways. They're just, they're happy to just take that stuff off all at once in these days. So it's actually, the more stuff I put on it, every time I put a new thing on it, I'm in danger of it being erased. So yeah. that's funny. That's uh, odd. It's like, so the more you talk and produce content, the more likely you are to incur the wrath of, right. yeah. of, uh, of trolls, algorithms, yeah. and, and haters who just want to send the same nasty shit. Yeah, Good. cancel you. Cancel. You're canceled. Done. You're canceled. You're canceled. Done. Done. Okay, bitch. Motherfucker. Love you. you. for coming. You're, you're my first guest here. I love it. I'm so happy yeah. to, uh, to, to, to pop your cherry. I know, right? Yeah. And it, and it didn't even hurt. You love it, girl. You love I it. Love it. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Man. I'm going to stop this recording. Peace and love, brother. Love yeah, you. Stop it. Okay.